So I'm looking at the trivia here, mm-hmm. and it says, although the characters of Rick and Evelyn had grown and matured in the second film, director Stephen Summers wanted it to be clear that Jonathan had learned absolutely nothing from his first adventure. I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah. But and also mostly seems like Rick and Evie learned how to be horny. Jesus. Because there's like there's nice basic like you know romantic subplot in an action film horniness in the first one. Mm-hmm. Sure. This one they're like they like sat down like okay on our character's journey we fuck fourteen times a day. We put Bridget Jones to shame. Welcome back to the Trash Watch Podcast, and it's, uh, I guess, week number three of our summer of sequels. We're going into our second series of sequels, Brandon's Picks. This week, we are heading to The Mummy Returns, number two, and mm-hmm. I am thrilled. I fucking love this movie. I stand by my decision. Uh, of you, how many of you rewatched the first one before watching this? Just I mean, I, I had never seen the, the first one in its entirety, so... <laughs> Okay. 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 Um, I didn't watch it, but it's always I think I feel like it's always processing in my brain anyway because it's such a fun movie mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. it's just always there. So. Yeah. This, this was like this was this three movie like compilation like this was Stephen Summers at his peak because he had mm-hmm. Deep Rising, then The Mummy, and then The Mummy Returns in like th- three or four years. I did not rewatch the first one and it's been years since I've seen the first one. So I basically just treated this as like a woman on vacation who's like, what's in the theaters? Oh, the mummy returns. Well, I'll go see that. <laughs> like just for funsies, like I have no idea what I'm walking into. I mean, I did know what I was walking into. I don't actually, I thought I had seen the mummy returns, but after seeing it this time around, I'm like, maybe I didn't. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I say, I, I just kind of wonder if my theory that you don't need to have seen the first one holds up. Like, oh, did you mostly did you feel any of the craziness was because like, I wonder if this is like, I'll give you a hint. Not a lot of it's explained. No, no. the Anaxuna Moon. I had to go back. I had to reread like the Wikipedia plot of the first one because I didn't have time to watch the rewatch the first one. But yeah, honestly, yeah. well, they kind of like reshow the entirety of the scene in the past with Anaxuna Moon um, in this film. And also they give it a lot more stakes because now there's a reincarnation and also other reincarnations and ancient warriors forgot like all this stuff that should have come up the first time all of these specific characters fought each other did not come up apparently in the mummy. I think all of us can probably agree the majority of our notes today are going to be fuck yes. This is amazing. Ah, why is it over? Let's watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember when before you guys knew what it was and I read out the runtime of over two hours, you were like, how dare you? And then I, I said, mommy returns. You're like, okay, that's dare you. <laughs> that, because like I had to like pause it and kind of go back into the history and stuff. There were times where I was like, how are there 40 minutes left in this movie? How are there 90 minutes left in this movie? I'm like, I've already been watching it for 40 minutes. Like, I will say the credits do run a good pace. Like there are a lot of credits true. on this one. Cause yeah. I was watching on the DVD uh, to rewatch last night. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought I had like 40 minutes left and I had like a little under 30. <laughs> well, and and just God, every every single person in this movie is 
gorgeous right yeah it, we can yeah, all agree is, with that yeah it's the meme that we uh, we had referenced previously of uh you mm-hmm. identifying your sexuality as the cast of the 1999 film the mummy yes <laughs> even uh even oded fair with his um mm. oh uh, oh yeah tattoos. oh oh mm. not, not even like he's oh yeah, yeah what why are you mm. making a shit like i would say even jonathan <laughs> even john hannah i'm like no, you know what true. John Hanna comes seems like a safe, fun, like, you know, guy you can curl up with. Oh, yeah, he, he gets it. We've him. seen him. He may pay for it, but he gets it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He knows. <laughs> no shame. No judgment here. No, no. no judgment on the trash watch. Uh, not at all. Not at all. All right. I just did comment on, like, what our notes are. I, Brian, or no, Brian didn't pick this one. Sorry. Brandon. <laughs> But it makes sense that Brian would pick it because I he know, did pick I feel Deep like Rising. This is, could also fit as a Brian pick. But um, I know this is a good choice for the podcast because my notes are not just like, here's what happened in this scene. It's just commentary. And I'm very yes. excited to talk yeah, about Yeah, that's why I had to go. But I had to be very careful to actually write down what happens in the scene so we would remember what happens in the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, what was that? Yeah. Oh, I meant to ask Ashley. Um, how did I mean? How did you feel? Because this is this. It's an adventure film, but it does have some spooky, gross things in it. Did you um, feel all right? It's not as gross as I remember, like the sure. original. Like because the original yeah, one, the like, first... there's, like the eating of like the scorpion. There, there's the scene with like the scorpions inside the guy, and I'm like, no, that's not okay. But I yeah. kept my eyes open. You know, <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. not that bad. That. The first yeah. one is much more uh, like it's not it's not a horror. It is also an adventure film, but it has yeah. more horror elements. Like yeah, it's sure. you know they're creeping up on the mummy. There are some jump scares and stuff in the first one that really just aren't in it in this one. And like when I was a kid, you know, like the the CGI and stuff was like you know whoa like mind-blowing for that first one and so it was yeah. like oh my gosh like and on the big screen right like the mummy and like the long jaws and stuff and like the you yeah. know the distorted faces that was a lot creepier back in the day but now it just kind of it's just kind of goofy and i'm like yeah, all this, right this is fun this cgi doesn't hold up as well as i remember <laughs> the rock cgi is so great i i have so i have <laughs> trivia about that oh goody i'll start us off uh my most disappointing moment of the film right away no special logo I, yeah. I, I on the podcast before we said I'm a fan of when they changed the logo. I'm like, you could have given me a you know a 1930s you know desert globe or something, but see, it's plain ass Universal logo. And, and talking about it too, like with this being a Universal feature, I know at one point this was in discussion as being part of the possible like dark monster universe that was mm. that was going around, mm. but then they obviously changed it and they threw in the uh, you know Tom Cruise mummy. And everything well, else. Let's, but, let's be clear. They never had any clue what they were doing with no, the dark universe. It's true. But how in fact, that would have been the be. honestly, that would have been the be- best decision they could have made is bringing back Brendan Fraser as like the grizzled veteran. As like the Van Helsing. But yeah, they're basically like walking and be like, I've seen some shit, kids. Like, you don't want to fuck with this. Like, yep. even if he's only, yeah, even if he's only the Sam Jackson who's only there for like a few scenes and stuff, it would have yeah. been so much better than what they did, which is like, let's just try to jump in and make like, the sixth Marvel film is our first. And also it's about Tom Cruise and a mummy. We'll have Russell Crowe Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And that's after the failed attempt that no one wanted Dracula untold. Oh my God. Which is a future episode, by the way. Yeah, it's... that was their first launch and that failed so spectacularly. They just kind of acted like it didn't happen. Like so now we're launching. And they still they still stumbled out the gate because they gave us the the best thing to come out of the 2017 mummy was the uh, the unfinished trailer they accidentally put out. Yes. <laughs> where yes. where half the sound is missing. All right. But getting back to a better mummy film. 
uh, here in The Mummy Returns. We open as all true mummy films must, which is a prologue set in the past, setting up whatever mythological thing we're going to be going up against. In this case, we have our Scorpion prologue. And who should walk into frame but the motherfucking rock himself? This man is so goddamn charming. But he's so young here. I'm like, oh, wow. He looks so young. small. Does he, he does. does. This, is, this is when he was like a normal human who's just in great shape. And now yeah. he's like, now that that's his brand, now that he is a caricature of himself. Yeah. Well, and this is this is pre him with his like uh, his tattoos and everything. And this was this was like peak The Rock WWE. And like you could tell that he definitely has not acted that much. oh yeah it's i watched on the dvd there there's an interview of him sort of like teasing up the scorpion king movie and it was weird to see him in this yeah. interview when he's still like in the rock wwe kind of mm-hmm. energy and he's mm-hmm. like very new to this and ah uh. well we're talking tattoos um there was just a a funnily written note uh trivia beta trivia talking about oded fair who plays um Ardith, the like guardian guy from the first one uh, it says, in real life, Oded Fair doesn't have any face tattoos, but he does have a small ghost on his back. <laughs> Not a ghost tattoo, a small Not ghost. Yeah, it's an actual ghost. <laughs> Either way, that's adorable. Like, it is. It has like yeah. a little pet ghost. <laughs> okay, no, it's like a little black pudgy happy ghost. He's like, hey. I just imagine him at Comic-Con where like somebody's asking him a question and then they come up and go like, can, can we can we see the little ghost? You just see like a little Casper come up going, you mean me? Hello. <laughs> I was imagining like a Pac-Man ghost that he's like protecting from Pac-Man. Like oh he God, gets chased yes. around occasionally by a Pac-Man. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that'd be horrifying. Like, oh yeah. God, I, I, I got to keep running at all times. Well, that, that's why they're running away from Clyde the... will get me. They're just waiting for the wow, 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 wow. <laughs> that's why they're <laughs> running away from the giant like face on the waterfall because that is a... Uh, it is a uh, Imhotep doing Pac-Man. It's just a Pac-Man. Oh, he got he got the he got the glowy dye, and now he, he can eat the ghosts. I want us to go back in time and imagine telling yourself, uh, you know, young us coming out of the theater having just seen Mummy Returns, and go, "Hey, the Scorpion King, he's going to be the most bankable movie star in the world, hands down." I remember seeing the actual Scorpion King movie at a friend's house at like a party, and going. There's no way this man is ever going to have a career. And then like five years later, I'm like, he is in everything. And he should be. Well, because so this is man. also it's, it's wild because this is much like the Tooth Fairy. This is before there was the rock brand. So like mm-hmm. he's the bad guy in this. He's not a good per. Like I know the Scorpion King made him out to be like a heroic figure. Yeah. I'm like, he's just an evil guy who wants to conquer the world and kill everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who trades his soul for, you know, like being able to kill people. I really dig his scorpion breastplate. Oh, I want that. I want to wear yeah, it. I think he looks great as the warrior. Like yeah. he, and it he works very well for hair, him, man. Yeah. I um, like him with long hair. It's we'll get to it, but like I'm not sure why he wasn't this guy at the end of the film. <laughs> I, you know, hell changes you, Brandon. Because like at no point in this story did he get powers or change. Like in this story. He is. He has this army, and he's taking over the world for yeah. general taking over the world purposes. He wages a seven-year war, which is wild because we always see is his army just like destroying this other army, and then yeah. it's just like, and it dissolves to him like walking sadly into the desert, like fucking see, Bruce Banner ask, in the Hulk show. Did he lose? 
because apparently, yeah, after seven years, I guess enough people banded together and stopped his army and sent him out to the desert. Makes it look like he won. Well, that's that's one battle. So I'm guessing what we saw was the like start of his campaign oh, to take over the world, and he like okay. destroyed that town. And then eventually, yeah. people were like, okay, we got to take this jerk seriously. And they because so yeah, because his war lasted for seven years before he got sent into the desert. Yeah, because I my my second note, only the second note of this movie is. I mean, it's nice that Anubis saw the potential in this guy and said, <laughs> I'll give you an army and maybe you'll be great. Because I was like, he he walks away with like nobody left. Like, why would the god of the underworld be like, oh, yeah, you could totally have my entire army. It'll be great. I mean, yeah. he did eat a scorpion. So, so Anubis is yeah. like, dude, oh. this guy rocks. I thought that was going to be his transformation. Like, he mm-hmm. ate the scorpion and I thought that's like he would... See, take on some sort sense. of like you know, distorted <laughs> figure but he takes no. a bite and Anubis goes you are what you eat <laughs> and Anubis is like, like Anubis, Anubis is, is the crypt keeper here <laughs> <laughs> instead Anubis is like here's an oasis for you enjoy uh, but also of course he's making this pack with Anubis and it's like a monkey's paw ironic genie situation or he's like, Let, give me the strength to conquer my enemies. He's like, cool, here's this army. And then the second his last enemy falls, he gets dragged to hell. Which also, like, you can have more enemies. Like, it, enemies will always <laughs> keep coming around. Like, but at the, t- at, at the moment, he had, he had a moment of current enemy count hit zero. Ah. And before new one spawned, and as soon as it hit zero, the pact was met and he got dragged to hell. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> but enough of this not... Uh, Rick and Evie business. Mm-hmm. We jump forward to the year 1933, eight years oh. after the first film. And there he is. Uh, and mm-hmm. there he is. Motherfucker. Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser walking down the hallway with a torch. Uh, we get a has, James Bond silhouette moment. Yes. Uh, yes. Like, so good. Like, just, I, I could watch, I would watch an upsetting amount of film that's just him walking silently down these hallways with a torch looking jumpy. Oh, God. This movie really, like, accentuates how fucking great he is as an actor and just like sexy and funny and like there's a moment later in the film where you're like god he actually is a good actor it's not just like he can play funny too it's oh yeah he's a great so much all the way around yeah really is i like i'm i i I feel like there are like rumblings of him starting to do some more stuff and i hope that is true because i you know obviously you know he's been very open about how like fucked up and mind warping it is to be that level of celebrity and like mm-hmm. people constantly talking about your body and everything and so uh, yeah. I hope he, you know it seems like he's been doing work to get past all the trauma that was done to him and I hope he does come back and act because he's a phenomenal actor I will tell you his his uh yeah his work on the Doom Patrol for uh, the DC Universe is fantastic yeah it's, I'm so happy to see him back yeah you know who I'm not happy to see this child uh, well, I hate Alex here's the thing i like it tracks to me like you know his parents you know how they behave also apparently they don't spend a lot of time watching him because as we'll find out they fuck anytime they're standing next to each other there's bad parents they're bad parents they are bad parents and and (laughs) their horniness gets in the way of their parenting it's amazing their child isn't dead i I almost want to reach out to uh to stacy and boosh and ask them on the what mom would do and be oh. like, how how do you guys feel about this scenario? <laughs> yeah, well, especially because like Rachel Weiss spends like what like three minutes like actually talking to the child, and then everything else is just like ah, we've lost him. No, and then there's like 
an ox and a moon who's just like, oh, I'm going to put snakes in your bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then she kisses his cheek. Yeah, she's, she actually shows him affection. And I yeah. just wrote, this child has been awoken. Yeah, like that's going to be that's going to be confusing feelings for him. He's going to like equate violence and sex because of oh, yeah. the, the snake woman who threatened him. It gave him a yeah. kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And also his parents, because that's what they do. That's that's true. He's, <laughs> I Yeah, I, I love Kanevi, but they are uh, objectively terrible parents. However, having said that, because they're terrible parents, it's like, would you have wanted to spend this whole film with like Evie kidnapped and Brendan Fraser and his no. son like going after her? No, like, no, absolutely not. I'm kind of glad it went down this way, if I'm being honest. Yeah, put the kid on the train, threaten his life a whole bunch, and I'm but, okay with that. Yeah, but they do tease you. So put his son's the kid on the train, throw mama from the train, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the, his son surprised him in the hallway, and he's like, what, do you think the mummies are coming back to life? Rim shot. Uh, well, like, that begs the question, did they not tell this child about, like, that experience? He's like, what, seven years old at this point then? Eight. Well, well, I mean, it's eight years later, so, I mean... Well, There's he a gestation says at one period, point. Right? I'm yeah. only eight years old. Oh, okay. He must have. T- okay. He could have turned eight, but it's yeah. just, it's cutting it real close. Um, it is really close. Yeah. But he's eight years old. Would you sit down to eight year old and tell them that mummies are real and can kill you? <laughs> they taught him everything else. They've taught him how to fight. They taught him like ancient the kid Egyptian. Can read the book of the dead. I think yeah, I don't feel like learning ancient Egyptian is. is as they didn't give him the book of the dead. He just knows ancient <laughs> Egyptian and therefore he can knows read a, what the book of the dead can do. Like, I mean, he knows all kinds of stuff that like eight year olds don't usually know. I, I, I will say I will say to your point, Brandon, yeah, I think like if you had told him about this, like, I don't know. Nope. If you heard an eight-year-old say, well, my mom and dad fought a mummy once. You'd be like, yeah, I'm sure they did, big guy. It's I'm just okay. saying, <laughs> as much as we're dragging them for their parenting, I feel like if they had told him, you'd be like, why would you tell a child about mummies coming back to oh, life? For sure. Like, I'm going to drag them for their parenting immediately, though, because they he sends him back up to the temple mm-hmm. where he plays in a temple alone With like rats, by the way yeah he'd like make a better mousetrap like catch all of these like german infested yeah. creatures that's your that's your toy yeah. but it's like <laughs> but i will get this because sending him away does give us the great setup because as if you had any doubt when he goes like go up there i gotta make sure your mom doesn't desecrate a tomb and you're like oh who's the kid's mom and they cut uh, uh to rachel wise as uh, Evelyn O'Connell, or Evie, as she is most commonly called, and uh, in, enjoy it while it lasts, folks, because she doesn't come back for the third one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'll come back for the fourth one in my wildest dreams. And this, uh, and this is where we get my fourth note of the movie, which is this whole movie is just my type. All of it, them. Every, yeah. There is not an ugly or ick person in this entire cast not even the british joe pesci who comes in <laughs> yeah. the trio of thieves i'd like to point out that chris is talking about this whole cast being his type well right now in his background he has actual brendan fraser cgi the rock and then cgi fleshless mummy and i'm like chris that's a weird type not okay. actually we don't think shame on this podcast fleshless mummy is not is not on my list I, will I mean, s- apparently it does it for uh, uh, Mila. Yeah. Oh, God, that kiss. It, I almost oh. puked. Oh, we got. Oh, we'll talk about that. Uh, also, I, I will say, while it's not a deal breaker, it does hurt Evie a notch that she apparently kicks snakes at you. Yes. 
Because she has a stick on the ground. She just like flings it right past Rick's he, face. Then he goes, those are poisonous. And her response is, only if they bite you. <laughs> and then they're immediately like, should we fuck in this room right now on top yes. of all these artifacts? They are oh. so horny right away. I am so disappointed. We do not get to see Brendan Fraser use the tiniest hammer and tiniest <laughs> chisel, even for a second. I uh-huh. want to see that so badly. And also, this is still like in a... Not, not to get too in last with it, but like yeah. he's so good because this bit comes off very fun and charming. Whereas like if it like this sort of thing and like the Jurassic World franchise comes across as like extremely misogynistic of like, look how big my crowbar is. I got to use this big crowbar. And this is just him like, I don't want to do this much work. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is, is there's um, the way he plays Rick O'Connell. There's a, a level of respect for his female counterpart that you don't see in modern comedy. Like, oh, also all. in this movie as well, because Evie gets to be a badass consistently mm-hmm. in this movie. Yes, she oh, does. She's awesome. Like, in all the ways that one can't be, like, she does all the cool stuff that Rick does. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. The list of actors who were, like, who turned down this part is unbelievable. I'm like, why was Brendan Fraser not at the top of your list? Because who, like, who turned it? I didn't look up the list. Who turned it down? It. I mean, it's like it's uh, everybody who was a list in you know 2000. So it was like Brad Pitt, like Tom Cruise. I'm. I mean, like well, all he of got these, his chance. You know, like, uh, uh, yeah, like it, it's why controversial opinion. This film would not have worked with either of them because no. they wouldn't have like the rise since like Brendan Fraser's fine if he looks like a dum dum. Yeah. No, like that, he has no problem look like a dummy or like being the, made the fool of in any of these scenes. And that's what it, I was I was going to say about part of why these characters work is because both Evie and uh Rick are both at times kind of dumb. Like we yeah. in the mm-hmm. first mummy we're introduced to Rachel Vice like like just knocking over a bunch of bookshelves. Yeah, Rick's in prison in the start of the first one. Like oh, they they are fuck ups and they own that and it never goes away. They don't become like perfect heroes. Uh, I just love it because he he very sarcastically like, oh, I gotta stop your mom from desecrating a tomb. Smash cut him jamming a crowbar into the wall and prying doors open. Desecrating a tomb. I said, Who's who, who is desecrating a tomb now, Rick? yeah and this movie um because again like you have such a success with the first film and and what happens that you have like like the inevitable turn is gonna have to be like obviously past lives right because we have to find a way to go back to this except it doesn't have to be like that they really could have just had another adventure with a mommy like i i love it i'm i'm here for it and i also love that they're like we don't want to spend too much time on it so they have a throwaway line sitting up that she's been having these dreams for weeks yeah like it's already happened because you could have started with like them at home and like living their peaceful life and then she has this dream that sets them off on an adventure but this film doesn't have time for that. This film starts in the action. They're already in, in their first arrest. tomb. In yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they have the the like one off line of of the dream as they're walking down. Uh, but then we have black hats roll up to the tomb. Uh, and while Alex is building some sort of catapult to throw cheese at mice. <laughs> that I wrote. Who are these pirates? Like, what is this? Why? <laughs> they're, I mean, they have a, they have a reasoning. Eventually, it's just it yeah. doesn't make I, even though I saw this recently, when rewatching it yesterday, I was like, oh, are these just like one off mercenaries that are after Rick because of anything? But like, oh, wait, no, they actually do tie into the rest of the plot. Yeah, I was g- glad they came back because of that, because I'm like, this doesn't make any sense if they just show up for this one thing. Yeah. And earlier I had said, like, you know, he's the British Joe Pesci. 
And then like two notes later with the whole like shenanigans with uh, uh, Alex, I was like, wow, this is literally home alone in a temple like that. This sequence is just home alone. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for home alone. Like, oh, God, yeah, they do a spinoff where it's like at their mansion house and it's just Alex like using all the artifacts to set up these (laughs) traps. That would that would make sense because he's a master like mousetrap builder now. He is. Yeah. <laughs> all his time of his parents neglecting him. But we could get him to say, I made my family disappear and actually did make them disappear. No, that's their libidos that made them disappear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mommy and daddy are having one of their loud wrestling matches in the West Wing. <laughs> Since we're talking about Alex, I have to bring up this entry in the IMDb Parents Guide. <gasps> oh, goody. Under profanity, and I quote, I do not like children using bad language in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> fact it's just an opinion opinion. (laughs) also the word helpful the word bastard is also said but is interpreted (laughs) Interpreted? (laughs) yeah i-n-t-u-r-r-p-t-e-d i mean it sounds like they're spelling that's that's what they're trying to say is interrupted but it's (laughs) interpreted interpreted i i also like in, in a movie like this where you're introduced to villains and you go Oh, they're obviously the villains. And then all of a sudden, you find out that, I guess, during production, they're like, we're not villainous enough, so you have to be obsessed with killing a child. There are multiple characters who are are so obsessed with murdering this child. Can you blame them? No, not at all, but also, like... It's just a lot. Like it is a lot. Get it, but it's a little bit much. <laughs> yeah. But also, I feel like I'd be better at murdering a child if I was that obsessed with it. Okay, so these pirates come in, and like one of the pirates goes and is like chasing after um, Evie and Rick, who are going through this escape room, and um, Evie's crushing yeah. it. By the way, well, because uh, yeah, this is when she gets her first glimpse of the well, past. Yeah, we see she's from all her three eyes. Of her hints right away. Yeah. 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 We see from her eyes, she she flashes and she sees someone walk forward and like close this door. So she sees like the combination lock, which by the way, good on her for memorizing this combination. Like I couldn't watch a, a combination lock and memorize just from one glimpse what it is. Well, I think she's got like um uh muscle, muscle memory. memory. Like yeah. I think there's yeah, there's a muscle memory. I, I also said good on them. Because this door still works after all this time, and they don't yeah. make them like they used to. Oh yeah, well, all the all the money movies. Every time you watch it, and even in the next one, it's like, wow, this this all these still work perfectly. It's wild. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Ashley, that you did you have more to say? Yeah, well, just that like so um so the the other two pirates, one of whom is like really respectful and like is like we cannot wake the gods, and the other one who's just a doof. Um, <laughs> um, Alex is like using a slingshot because just to have fun. Because even though he could just stay hidden, like no, he has to like um, poke the bear. Um, Mini Rick O'Connell. He's Alex the Menace. Yeah, Alex the Menace. Um, he gets cocky, and so the, they they notice that you know he giggles, and like they realize that there's somebody in there, and like so. Okay, so this one pirate is like actively like climbing the ladder. He's on the scaffolding, hiding. And he's actively climbing this ladder to kill this child. Um, But then, so like, okay, so I'm jumping over, but I just want to comment on the the killing the child thing. So um, (laughs) they finally get to the box and all that, and we'll explain. But uh, 
once the the tides change literally and there's uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. water and the other pirate's like we have to get out of here um the child killing pirate like climbs down he's like oh i guess you get oh. to live today kid and then he kicks the scaffolding for no reason at all because like, he wants to kill that kid he just wants yeah to kill he, he's kid. like i don't have time to like stab this kid like i want to and watch the life leave his eyes but maybe i can get yeah. him to fall and crack his head open yeah but we see Evie, the the you know archaeologist historian of the group, going in, grabbing everything in this temple, straight in, no gloves, no nothing, mm-hmm. just putting her hands on everything in sight, just going like mine, 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 just touching as many things as she can. It's very um, cat-like. It's and we also touch, find out mine. she has learned not like despite what the IMDb trivia tells us, she has learned not a goddamn thing from the first movie. <laughs> Because this box is like, hey, there's a curse. Open this. It's a curse. Bad things will happen. And she's like, whatever. I'm not going to read this box. Like, opens the box. <laughs> this sign can't stop me because I can't read. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. Opens the box immediately, like, picks up the bracelet of Anubis. Uh, and then some rumbling starts. And then she's like, oh, maybe I should read the top of this box. And it's like, whoever disturbs this bracelet shall drink from the Nile. She goes, that doesn't sound so bad. Smash cut to like a wall crumbling and the fucking Nile pouring into this temple. Rick in this movie, he does not second guess anything. He's just like, yep, this this would happen. Yeah, this makes sense. When she reveals later on, I've been having these dreams and I think it's my past life. He's like, yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, when you've been through what he has. Oh, no, I agree. But it's just like, it's so just like, sure. Why wouldn't this happen today? (laughs) He is such a man because he will not confront his own past and his own like destiny, his own feelings. He's like, nah, we're going to leave that part of my heart locked. But like whatever she's got going on, whatever, it's fine. (laughs) To be fair, when he finally does embrace it, like it doesn't really mean anything. No, it means, hey, follow this diagram on the wall. He's okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do, that I is do all have, that comes to the tattoo is he like knows to look at a diagram yes yep. i do have to say this though uh two weeks in a row we get to experience chris's nightmare so last week it was bridget jones jumping out of an airplane fuck me i'm still not okay with that and this week it's discount joe pesci being covered in scorpions and spiders and i'm like fuck this i don't like it can't i don't do and i ugh, it was too much Oh, we well, I got bad news for future things in this film. I know. I, I don't like it. Mm-mm. I love that Brendan Fraser just stomped on all the scorpions when he was like walking through that room. Like, did you hear the ADR just like, <laughs> not even looking gross. down? He's just no, like, he just stomps. She like tiptoed through all the scorpions. It's great character development. Yeah. I like, mean, he has appropriate boots for it. He knew he was going to need his bug stomping boots. Yep. Um, but then, so this kid, he's on the scaffolding, he jumps off, knocking over. All the pillars that are holding up this first room. Oh, it's perfect is, domino setup. Which is meant to be reminiscent of his mom doing it in the first one with the bookcases. But I'm like, this kid destroys this temple. But then, but then, as if to save it, he runs under the last pillar and tries to push it up. I'm like, kid, are you Kryptonian? What do you think? My note here is Alex's spine shattered that day. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, because he's literally underneath it and it would crush him the angle that he's on. Yes. These pillars fall over and it cracks open the wall. Evie and Rick, you know, flow in. Obviously, it's supposed to be uh, sexy in a way. Mm, nope. Anyway, um, <laughs> they come in. And I was trying Chris, to find this movie's a horny without you. Yeah, I know. I, I shouldn't try to add to it. Um, but I like that the kid's like, Ah, uh, I didn't mean to do it. I, Except I, it, 
like he was attacked by a like yeah. it would make more sense if he was alone and like his little catapult thing yeah. had like knocked off this like like cascade of events and was like a Rube Goldberg machine that knocked down mm-hmm. this room and that's what led to the Nile like flooding like that would have been more inter- like more character building but instead yeah he's apologizing when his parents were really the ones that fucked everything up like <laughs> uh, maybe he was just speaking before they could start having like thank god we're still alive sex because they were about to <laughs> They were he knows. To. He knows the drill. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, Kid in the room. Kid in the room. Yeah, but we don't see how the conversation plays out because we immediately cut back to Hamanoptera, which was uh, the location of the like secret hidden location in the first film, the city of the dead. And this, it's this giant excavation. Like all these similarly dressed people are excavating, digging down. Uh, we find out that they're digging, looking for Imhotep, which was the mummy from the first one. Uh, there's a mysterious woman who gets out of a vehicle who looks. Exactly like uh, Imhotep's love from the last film. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anaksunan Moon, I think. Is. I'm going to be really bad at these names. I'm just yep. warning everyone. But I believe her, The this woman is named Mila. Yeah, Mila. Yeah. So, she, yeah, the woman steps out is Mila. Uh, but yeah, so she is appears to be a modern woman who is identical in every way to the ancient Egyptian. Which uh, seems like one of those things that, like, in the first one, like somehow that like I feel like that would have come up at some point. That's that, that's that's what really got. That's why I wanted to start with this one because I'm like it's wild that this is introduced in the sequel because yeah, Imhotep's the whole mission of the first film. This is the only time I recap it is he comes back and he's like I want to bring my love back from the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. And now we find out that this woman who was clearly alive during the events of the last film <laughs> is the reincarnation of his ancient love and has her body and just needs her soul brought back and put into her body. Well, instead, then, he was going to put the bo- the soul into Evie's body, who, spoiler alert, we find out is, in fact, the reincarnation of another woman from his past. Yes. It, like, uh, it's it's wild. It's wild that this stuff, they decided to throw it in without thinking about the fact that it doesn't make no sense for the first one now. I do love that moment later on when uh, Emotep sees Mila and, like, just straight negs her. Like, yeah, you look like her, but... <laughs> ah. Like my girl was a straight freak, and it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I love that while they're trying to dig up uh, Emotep, they they break into a well of scarabs, and I feel like this was a production meeting note where somebody's like, "Oh, we love the scarabs from the first movie, so can we like, I don't know, quadruple them in one sequence and just have." like 10 people get eaten alive by them yes yes we can yeah honestly well honestly i think it's all imitep's doing because he's just he yeah. is an extra bitch who loves drama <laughs> so um good. so he is like i'm gonna send up a rain of scorpions because that when he comes out of the ground he like levitates it's wild the way that wild. this comes he, wizard he even... powers in this movie increase exponentially yeah so they have dug up uh he's like encased in amber like yeah because it's i mean like it, at the end of the first one he like stumbles into like a some sort death, of like, like waiting. Bu- it looks like a bubbling pool of like nether fluid. Like it looks yeah. like otherworldly magic goo. And apparently it, it turns him into an amber mosquito from Jurassic Park. He's an amber <laughs> seal at this point. He's not. We do not claim him. <laughs> Mostly because I have I have an issue with his plan. Because like his sure. whole thing was he, he in the past, he wasn't like an evil conqueror. He just was horny for this woman that the Pharaoh wanted. And I'm like, he comes back and he immediately like, I'm going to kill the world and like spread darkness. I'm like, you could have just brought your girl back and then just like retired to the seaside. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to do all this shit. Yeah. So we don't claim him. Amber's more chill than that. 
Good point. Good point. But yeah, so then the henchmen arrive. We find out uh, that the henchmen are working for this this group of ne'er do wells. Uh, they arrive and they reveal that like they were trying to get the bracelet, the the bracelet of Anubis. Uh, oh, is they this have... the Red Gang? Oh uh, yeah, that, that well, the cult is the Red Cloak Gang. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, but the, the henchmen show up. They have this great moment where they're like, "Hey, we, you know, you you screwed us over," and they're like arguing about money and the job. And then they have this gun standoff <laughs> where they I all pull their guns, gang. but the dumb hen has his gun pointed at the back of Joe Pesci's head. <laughs> and then the other guy, the other guy, Jacques, like pushes, pushes the gun, nudges so the gun just a little bit. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's there's yeah. like a Monty Python bit that happens here because like the 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 line he means it, he shot someone before comes out of one of Yeah, because <laughs> Joe Pesci's like step aside or when he's trying to get to like the the head, the leader of the gang, which is this woman and then this this uh older gentleman that we I haven't like Baltus, I think is his name. Yeah, it, you'll find out he's the curator of the uh British Museum. Um, anyway, so they're like pushing through the crowd. And he's like, get out of the way or I'll shoot you. Yeah. And then the dumb one's like, he shot someone before. You mean that like, he shot someone before? <laughs> actually, I, and here's the thing. I think having this, this trio of guys who are idiots, it makes this movie work just a little bit better. Because if you didn't have these dumb dumbs running around, it would almost be too serious. Right. They also serve. They also like fill a plot hole. Like they, yeah. they like yeah. preemptively interrupt a cinematons that would happen against them if yes. they didn't have these guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, thank God, that's the biggest thing to worry about. To God, your movie must be cinemasins proof. <laughs> not broken garbage mess. All right. Uh, yeah. So that basically they had this plan, uh, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we didn't get the bracelet. The bracelet's heading back to London right now." And they're like, "Well, I guess we're going to London." Uh, and then Smash cut to London calling, playing. Uh, no. <laughs> this is where so, um because i didn't watch the first one and i forgot to i didn't read the wikipedia plot <laughs> right away i was like who's that sneaky guy with the hair because yes. there's a very deliberate yeah. like you should pay attention to this guy who's hanging out here and i still i still don't really know his name what is his name it's our death our death, death. Yeah, bay yeah, he, he yeah, is Ar one of the medjai uh, yeah, which yeah. are these like ancient warriors who like basically they have sworn to stop mummies from happening like that's their whole deal <laughs> It's like, we're going to make sure no mummies happen. Job. And they have a pretty bad track record at this point. <laughs> well, it's as, the as Rick calls him out for later. In the first movie, like, like we're introduced to Brendan. We're introduced to Rick, like, in, like, World War One, And basically the Ardeth and his gang, like, just try to scare them away from the temple. And Rick just wanders off alone in the desert. And they're like, should we kill him? And Ardeth's like, no, the desert will kill him for us, which... Although what's worse is then when they go back and they're like multiple teams excavating the place where Imhotep is, they kill some of them and then they go, hey, you got to leave by tomorrow. And then they <laughs> they wake up the mummy in that night. <laughs> the, like, yeah, here's just bad at their job. Uh, no, no, yeah. Guys, you're missing the point. The Magi have really strict union rules and they can only kill a certain amount of people before they're required to take a break. And that's just them. That's just it. Excavators are on the endangered species list. So there's only so much for like population control that you can mm -hmm, only kill a certain mm -hmm. number of, of uh, archaeologists. Mm -hmm. True. But much like the uh, the weird red cloak cult, we are also headed off to merry old England. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And merry old for, London, I believe. Yeah, they specifically only say. for a scene. It's literally just for this one <sighs> sequence. Uh, uh, well, this sequence, sequence is like though. 20 mi oh, 25 yeah. minutes of the movie. And I love every second of it. But yeah, also, Chris, I like, have like a, I have like a, like a half page of notes on this sequence. So I'm also like, pretty sure if 
if you do what they do in this sequence, you're not allowed to live in London anymore. You're get here. You're, you're going to be forced out of the country. <laughs> okay. Well, we first find out they have the world's largest mansion, apparently, oh God, uh, from all their riches from the first excavation. And which I believe, film. according to the trivia, I think was might have been the same mansion from the original Omen. I could. Oh, see really? That. I could see that. Uh, but also, uh, the second they walk in the door, we find out, like, yep, not not a trick. They are still so horny. But she's really, she's not so horny for Brendan Fraser as she is for this oasis that she wants to go to and take the bracelet to. So, like, I say it's both. It's, it's a win-win for her. Yeah. It is a win-win for her. I wrote it down that it's a tactic that she's like, well, I can use my feminine wiles to get what I want. Yeah, because she start, wants he, to go to an oasis, so she'll share her oasis with him, and then oh. it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and they start talking like, oh, like pristine blue waters and sandy Ooh, beaches, and he goes, what's why. the catch? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I love you too. And she it's jumps. like, oh, and the army of uh, the army of Anubis who will rise up and destroy the world. Like, yep, always a catch. <laughs> and then she jumps off the ladder into his arms, and it's just like that oh, is cute. And she's trying that's to convince cute. him, like, this thing is legendary. Like Alexander the Great sent troops after it. This Napoleon after it. And Meanwhile. And he goes, yeah, but we're smarter and taller than him. He's like, that's why we're going to find it. Because, because we're taller? <laughs> Meanwhile, who do they leave alone with the bracelet? Who do they put in charge of the bracelet? The eight-year-old child. I just put, Alex, don't play with stuff. Don't touch them. this kid is just like his parents. He learned from watching them. Well, that's you what just I said. grab I like, the ancient artifacts without like reading them. You don't put on gloves. You just slap them on your arm. You do whatever the hell you want. He In, in this day and age, Alex would be a leash baby. Like you would just have to have him attached to you everywhere you go, or else he's just gonna fuck shit up the whole time. <laughs> but so uh, he he puts on this bracelet and it latches onto him and it starts projecting uh, like that 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 Soren ride. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've not ridden the 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 mummy ride at Universal, but I'm assuming it's got to have like a lot of stuff similar to what happens in this next series of events in it. Right. Uh, no, they just throw you into a, into a pit of scarabs. Oh, yeah. well, that's worth it. Um, but while this all is happening though, the cult just like rolls up to their house. Apparently they have a giant mansion, no security. Cause like eight cars worth of henchmen just roll yeah. up to the and house. Th th I think I'm going to call them the red cloak gang because they, yeah. there, yeah. there's a lot of them acting like gangsters in this sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, I mean, and Evie, Evie and Rick are just completely ignorant of everything that is happening around them their kid is having visions well, and they can't see them they don't know like jonathan is having sex in another room they don't know the red cloak gang is showing up they don't know they're just so horny i wrote down okay. they're always five seconds from having sex i do have a question um so when they're they're making out and they see the underpants that are not evie's and they go those are not my knickers and everything else but then we see Jonathan's Lady of the Night later in this sequence, and she's completely clothed. So did he I'd buy another Jonathan's hooker been, before, and she just left her underpants there? Yeah, Jonathan's been washing their house okay. the whole time they were out. Yeah, okay. this is this is what Jonathan's doing every night. Every night okay. he goes out, he breaks off a small piece of the scepter, and he trades it to a to a <laughs> sex worker, and he they come back to the house. How great would That's it be why it's if... missing like the little top of the arc. It's not like <laughs> symmetrical at the top because How great just be like... It, like he's breaking it off. It's like it's made of chocolate. Just like I break up another little piece. When it when they turn it into a spear, like it doesn't have the point at the end to be like, what? I needed to eat that day. I'm sorry. Was the yes. scepter from the first movie? 
I feel like it might have been in the background. I've seen. I, I, don't it's, I don't I, believe it's, it's not an important plot point. Yeah, I believe it is. It's it's there, but yeah, it's not important by any stretch. Yeah, it, like Jonathan is, as you might imagine, like grabbing a bunch of treasures and stuff yeah. during the course of the film. J- like that Jonathan is a boo. Like <laughs> Jonathan is a boo. Exactly. <laughs> I and I love that. We find out, like, obviously he's bad at with money, but when we find out that he blew his entire fortune, I'm like. In eight years, you blew this already. Jesus, yes. man! I'm surprised it lasted that long. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. All right, before we continue, with Jonathan, I do have, I think, a rare treat. I think I'm going to ask a Clayton question. Okay. Uh, because we find out before the Jonathan of it all, uh, Rick is flipping through a random book that he picked up off the plot shelf, uh, and he goes, "Hey, Evie, you started having these dreams four weeks ago. That was the Egyptian New Year, and it is now the year of the Scorpion." So I went to Clayton. Is the Egyptian New Year a real thing? And do they have like year of the blank, much like the Chinese New Year does? Oh, all right. Well, we'll we'll wait with bated breath during. We'll wait and find out and see. Um, the next one. Okay, yeah. So Jonathan gets jumped by the Red Cloak gang and uh, Mila, the woman. Uh, and so they like have him like pinned down and tied down to a chair, and she pulls out this asp and like is threatening to kill him. And to his credit, he is still trying to get laid. Yeah, like he has pinned down. He thinks the, they're here to kill him for his various debts, and he still is like hitting on Mila. And I'm like, good for you, Jonathan. Shoot for the stars, buddy. And I do like that he, you know, tells her everything under the guise of, well, if I tell you that, then you won't kill me. And her response is, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> like, yeah, and then get it. And then uh, Brendan Fraser walks in, walks in on this, and this is not the first time that Jonathan has been in this exact predicament. He like, doesn't. Re- he he reacts as if he walked in on like you know Jonathan, you know, having a like a poker night. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, okay, like, like what's going yeah, on? House. <laughs> what do you do this time? Uh, oh and then okay, well, technically we jumped over an EV scene, but let's just do this. So Rick walks in, uh, and he's like, you guys got to get out, and so then. She throws the snake at him, twice. which this he catches twice now. Uh, yeah, he catches, oh. throws back at someone who bites him. And then someone th- immediately after throws a knife at him, which he catches and throws <laughs> back at him. I'm like, guys, don't throw stuff at Rick. Yeah. Rick's going to catch it and throw it back, back at you. Like a <laughs> That's his specialty. And they not, they knock over this like wicker chair that Jonathan was sitting in. They duck behind it and they, I, I don't know if this chair is made of Kevlar because they are just blasting uh, it with a hail mis- of bullets. A hail of bullets well, when, and they're just fine. There is a there is a goof on IMDB that they point out when Rick rolls away from the chair there's a giant hole in the chair where his back was. He would have had bullets in his back. Like uh, he's always wearing armor plating on his back. Oh, he, good point. Good he point. lives his life. He knows who his wife is. It's not even armor plating. He's just so manly that the bullets just bounce off of him. Um, I mean, bullets can't bring themselves to harm Brendan Fraser, which yeah. is fair. True. Uh, but yeah, so we have Evie being a mom for three seconds. The only three seconds he's a mom in the film. She walks. The kid has the bracelet on. He's like covered it yeah, up, and he parents, put he put yeah. like a statue in the box so his mom won't know that this the bracelet's missing. And uh, what a statue to pick! It, it's it's a baseball. I think it's supposed to be um, uh, Babe Ruth. I, I assume. I think it's like a, trophy. It's a baseball trophy. Yeah, trophy? I think I think it's like oh, Rick was like, yeah, I played uh, semi pro like quadruple D league ball once, and I took this from the manager's office because they fired me. I wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah, I was drunk yeah. all the time and could not play. <laughs> uh, but Evie comes down and she's like, "Hey, look! It's the year of the scorpion. I thought you'd like this book. Kids like books, right?" And like that's the extent of the mothering we get. Yep. But she does protect him because now immediately the cult bursts in 
and they want the bracelet and she like immediately without hesitation grabs the sword off the wall and i'm like this is the start of evie being a badass yep yes uh I am so she's for it so she's fighting this guy and like she's getting pushed back in the room and looks like it's about to get hit and then who should swing in but ardith yeah tat- tattoo face himself yes. small uh, ghost back himself yeah, love him. yeah, love him yeah. So Ghost back much. himself comes in, and so this starts the first of. Well, I said this film is seventy five percent set pieces. Mm-hmm. This is already our second set piece of the film. We've had like eight lines of dialogue and then set pieces. I uh, think like the majority of my notes during all of these sequences is I love adventure movies. I love them so much. Give me yeah, more be- adventure movies because this starts to fight. So we have Jonathan and Rick upstairs fighting that that bit of the the cult, and then we have Evie and Ardeth downstairs fighting that bit of the cult along with the kid. Uh, yeah, because the kid drops a bookcase on someone at some point. Tr- truly living up to his his home alone style. Simple, yeah, yeah. Uh, but eventually they do they do fight. Yeah, it's just a cool fight. Uh, but they they fight him back. The like uh main henchman uh which i don't i didn't bother writing down his name i'm just call i just call him main henchman yeah. lochna i believe is the character name good for him uh main henchman uh he he gets the chest and also they kidnap evie and then yeah. he has the world's most dramatic cloak sweep. yes i wrote well, badass cape i love that moment it's so good He's well, like, let's Ooh. not gloss over the fact that while they are uh in the throes of potential passion Rick says to Evie, if anything would ever happen to you, I would never forgive myself. And then cut to five minutes later where she is taken away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and he doesn't forgive good. himself. He does. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So he's he, he's taken away. Uh, Jonathan and Rick, like, jump out a window eventually and, like, run from gunfire. Yeah. This is this is where the real, like, these these gangsters just these the Red Cloak gang just rolls up like they work for Al Capone and just like machine guns out of the side of the windows just like tell them the capone gang sent you yeah they're <laughs> like it's very it's very comical with the amount of like people wanting to kill alex in this movie i am a little shocked that they don't physically assault him at least once like just a just a tap on the face i mean it's know? still a movie like i know but right mpaa i mean come on i mean lochna comes really close <laughs> that's true it's true uh, very but close they uh yeah, so the end result, though, is that all the henchmen get into their cars and they're driving away and Rick sees Evie in the back window being taken. Uh, and Ardeth goes like, well, I don't know where they're going. They're this creepy cult and this is their leader. He pulls out a picture and, you know, curator ex machina, Alex goes, oh, I know who that is. That's the curator of the British Museum. I love the Ardeth, like, and Rick, like, uh, re reconvening moment yes, here yes, because yes. like uh he's like what are you doing here why and he's like i have all this information and i protected your wife and he's like fine and then uh he looks at the they reveal the bracelet that the kid's wearing the bracelet and he's like oh no you've only got seven days before the scorpion king awakes and destroys the entire world in the apocalypse and brendan Fraser's just like you lighten up you are in big trouble you get in the car <laughs> like, it's, really it's, great. it's it's a great moment it sets too. the characters and also it sets up our ticking clock they're like all right we got to get our ticking clock in here let's just go but yeah. it also sets up that like although we're, we're gonna shit on their parenting Brendan Fraser is not technically a bad dad he, isn't he though he is and he isn't like I mean I, I mean I don't know what you're talking about Brendan Fraser is daddy no <laughs> I'm sorry Brendan Fraser is that <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser is my Seymour. Anyway, <clears throat> um, 
Yes, but yeah, so but if I, I love that moment too, Ashley. The the Rick taking control of the situation, oh, so managing cool. the personalities, and yeah, and it sets up our ticking clock. Which, by the way, they add a second ticking clock in a couple scenes because the, the movie's like I don't know uh, more ticking clocks. Well, Brian, <laughs> who who did the or- who did the orchestration and the score for this? Oh, uh, this was Alan Silvestri. It was Jer- it, it was Jerry Goldsmith slaps. Yeah, I mean yeah. Jerry Goldsmith did the first one, and then due to health reasons, he had to back out of this one so it's but this time it's uh alan silvestri that's so good. and i Which, agree 100 percent. this score yeah, alan rocks. silvestri i think might still be my favorite composer mm-hmm. for i films. mean he did sidekicks yeah, he, he did, did do sidekicks yeah uh i'm a hans zimmer girl through and through there's a great gearing up montage so they arrive at the museum and rick's like let's get some weapons and of course his trunk as you roll down a thing and like the mib hidden panel of weapons yes, yes. and you know Despite, like, you know, the whole gun thing and everything, with this being an adventure movie and what it is, it's like, it's so, I don't know, every time I see this, I'm like, fuck, yes. My my whole brain during these sequences is just, fuck, yes, shoot the things, kill the things, fight the people, They're I love great. it all. It's all set pieces, and I love it. Uh, but I this is it. also when uh, our death sees the tattoo on Rick's wrist as oh they're my gearing God. up. And this is where we find out had no meaning. Now the significant the also, meaning. The additional where he's like, Oh, that you're a mark. That means you are a Medja. You're a warrior of God with a sacret duty. And he's like, This is some mark that got slapped on me in an orphanage in Cairo. It's not Which a big also, deal. Holy shit. If you're tattooing children in an orphanage, that's bad. And I'm like, you two fought side by side against a mummy, the thing that <laughs> Medja is supposed to do, and it didn't come up that Rick had this tattoo making him as a secret <laughs> warrior of God. <laughs> He's also literally putting on his artillery. Like, it's like, oh, I'm not a warrior. Like, uh, I think you are. (laughs) He like just Mr. Magoo's his way through situations. So much. And I do have to say, I think suspenders should probably come back, even if they're these artillery suspenders. Like, Brendan Fraser's look through these Mm -hmm. movies is just fantastic. Also, suspenders in general are better, like, than cinching your waist. It's true. It's true. Healthier. I want to wear suspenders. Um, okay, so this is where I had to ask because so the plot. Okay, so uh, did the curator just want to start a fight between Imhotep and the Scorpion King? Like, I'm not really sure uh, why he, wa- wanted, it's, he, he wanted, wanted Scorpion King in the first place. He wants Imhotep to kill the Scorpion King so that they can take control of the army. Like, Imhotep is just a tool. Yeah, whoever whoever like, kills the Scorpion King. Yeah, th- this yeah, uh yeah, you may have missed this. So whoever kills the Scorpion King uh gets to take control of the army of Anubis. So if Rick kills it, so if Rick's the one who does it, they're racing because like, okay, if we kill the Scorpion King, then we control the army and we can send them back to hell. And then no more army of Anubis. And this curator thinks like, oh, well, we'll resurrect Anubis. We'll, or we'll resurrect Imhotep. We'll serve him. And then if Imhotep kills the Scorpion King, he'll have the army of Anubis and we can take over the world. I this curator is just like independently horny for taking over the world and it's going to serve yeah. Imhotep to make it happen. I think it's bananas that he thinks that Imhotep is going to do what he wants him to do. This is classic like tertiary villain thing where you have like yeah. the secondary villain who's like, I'm going to unleash this ancient evil uh, in order for this. This uh, it's, a, it's a Lex Luthor thing where it's like, yeah. I'm I'm interested in this like petty power thing. It's like, and I'm going to just, yeah, resurrect like Lucifer himself just to completely annihilate the world. It's like, this will work out for me. But also, you're the curator of the British Museum. You probably have a fairly well-off life. 
Probably. I don't know what is missing from his world. That like, is he just an incel and that's his problem? <laughs> I mean, the British Museum is just full of artifacts stolen from other countries. So, hundred percent, yeah. Is. So he has all, everything he wants. <laughs> yeah, we just get classic cult stuff: people in red robes, bowing, chanting, giant amber statue in the middle. Mm-hmm. Do you all sorts think? Of good stuff. Do you think that the spell would work without all of the drama? Like, if he just kind of like read it because the kid reads. You know, just oh, kind it of like, would, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. This is a choice. They are, they're extra. They're well, just so extra. <laughs> and apparently, later in the movie, you can say all the words and then stop saying all the words and say a couple other different phrases. As long as you come back to the original intent, mm-hmm. it'll still mm-hmm. work. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Spells um, are weird. Spells are. Weird. I did have a question though, because in the first movie they don't do this, but while they're reciting from the Book of the Dead, all the other mummies in the display cases start coming to life and i'm like Which I fucking wait love. so does this work for all mummies or it doesn't i, I only... think it's a proximity thing and okay. in the first one when they okay. read it there were no other mummies around to be resurrected uh, yeah because well, he then, was in the like cursed forbidden tomb well yeah. then he also does revive i mean this is also just a callback to the first movie with the the as i called them the copy paste skeleton army yep. yes <laughs> yeah uh but this is where yeah we get another flashback here um this one is yeah, because I think it's when Evie wakes up and sees uh the oh god, what's what's her real world name? Mila uh, or Mila, yeah, sees Mila. Yeah. I think she has a flash of seeing her as a Noxunanun. Mm-hmm. Um uh but then yeah, so the so the, long story short, uh Imhotep comes back, he busts out of the amber, he freaks out and he's like, What year is it? Which I'm like, that's a weird question to ask when you wake up in the British Museum surrounded by a cult. I mean, it worked in Jumanji, so that's fine. Yeah, but then you know, he's like, "It's the year of the scorpion." He goes, "Truly," and like, so the guy tells him the story. He's like, "Hey, look, we want to do this. Also, this woman's here. This is when we actually find out that she is the resurrection of his ancient love, or the reincarnation of his ancient love." Uh, very weird. Once again, we we talked about it, but like odd that this didn't come up, or he didn't seek her out in the first one. Right. Um, but there's this weird third wheel moment which I loved. So it's frame it's like them two staring at each other, and then the curator's like just out of focus Denny between them and they like hold on them and the the, the curator's like oh I shouldn't be here and like walks away yeah. while the shot holds on them. yeah that's great it's such a weird choice I'm like this had to be intentional you couldn't have accidentally like done this oh I love it I love it so much uh Jonathan and Alex show up having hijacked the spice bus <laughs> uh I actually wrote like there's a lot of crossover in this movie for other things we've talked about before. Like the rock is in this movie. There's a double decker bus in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I didn't write them all down. I should have. Cause now my blank, but yeah, there's just like, there's a lot of like worlds colliding. Uh, Steven, just- I mean the director. Yes. There we go. Deep rising. It's just, uh, uh, Oh, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser from now and then. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's just, everything coming together and it's the trash perfect. watch universe yeah, Tra- yeah this is yeah this is the trash wash initiative I'd like to talk to you about <laughs> the amber initiative yes. <laughs> so brennan fraser has this incredible rescue moment so like imhotep and anaxuna moon are like ha, i found this bitch that you hate and we're gonna mm-hmm. burn her in the fire yeah 
which I love murdering Evie as foreplay. It's like, we're going to yeah. murder her and then we're going to fuck on her corpse. He's, yep. just, he's, just, he's just so hard the whole time. Yeah, but yeah, he's talk- made of sand. He's made of sand at this moment. It's, it's, just- I hate sand. It's coarse. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere in every crack. Uh, uh, but actually, yeah, talk us through the big damn hero moment for Rick. Oh, man. It's so good. So, like, um, not a dry seat in the house. <laughs> It's true. It's true. So, uh, Imhotep, like, uh, he yells, uh, burn her, and then uh, Anaxuna Moon uh, clarifies it. And so, like, the red cloak people, like, she, Evie's been on this, like, slab, you know, like, she's clearly going to be a sacrifice of some sort. And so they start to, like, tip her into the fire. And then we get this shot from like Evie's perspective of just like this figure just like jumping through the fire and it's Brendan Fraser and he just like lands perfectly uh, to like fling her on his shoulder and she's like Rick and it's just this like perfect like damsel in distress oh man and then he's just immediately like fighting and it's like it's hot it's hot And he does it. Uh, he does it later in the movie with Alex too. Yeah. Almost the exact same damn thing. And it's mm-hmm. like I'm, yeah. I'm here for the throwback, man. Oh yeah, no, he's he's great. And then also once once again, once she's off the the sort of slab though, she, Evie gets to be a badass. She is also it's fighting true. people. It's mm-hmm. so great. Yes, he gives okay. he gives her a gun in this. This is the one where he gives he hands her one of his guns, right? And yep. then she starts straight headshotting people left and right. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's they'd like, like double team like all the way up, you know, the the staircase so they can escape. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jonathan breaks the key to the car. <laughs> uh, and this is why I wrote the combination of Alex and Jonathan is exhausting and I can't have them together. The Except I think it, like in a different film, like where it's not about this ticking clock and Alex, like it could be a thing where like they stuck with the family and like Jonathan is like the put up on babysitter that like we just occasionally cut back to to see like what sure. horrors have befallen Jonathan now. Yes. Like and that could work pretty well in the in the correct proportions. The, mum- the mummy return is like the mummy return side film, just like the Jack Jack like short yeah. film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then- but yeah, as they're escaping, they also uh, the warriors come back, which they they yeah. were the, they were there in the final tomb of the first one. They are just Not like these, these guys again, these reincarnated soldiers who serve Imhotep. Yeah, but uh, they get knocked down uh, as oh. they're escaping. I love okay. Evie. She's like dragging a bench in front of the door, and Rick's like, "Honey, they don't. These guys don't use doors." Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, one of the reasons why. What's the director's name again? Stephen Summers, who also Stephen wrote Summers. it. Wrote it, yeah. He what like one of the reasons why he was so happy with Brendan Fraser was because it's like Brendan Fraser can handle the like Errol Flynn like yes quippiness of like the early you know like 20th century like comedy mm-hmm. adventure films. So like for sure, yeah. yeah. Brendan Fraser's fine being a little bit comic booky because there's they're like comic booky slapstick slapstick action moments that Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and those yeah. kind of guys would not have done no. or no. wouldn't have done well. Yeah, True. like they're they're great actors in their own right, and they're very good at what they do. Yeah. They, but they could they, not pull off the the literal Three Stooges moment that happens in this right. Fight. Yes, no. yes. <laughs> uh, but this goddamn bus, it's so much fun. Jonathan pulls so up, and, and Rick has to like to have this back and forth. Like, you got a bus? What's a bus? Ah! Uh, what's, uh, what's wrong with my car? they blow up his car and he's like my car <laughs> uh, just a general i gotta say this chase rules 
Oh, it's oh, chased through the streets of London forth with Jonathan, and he's like, "I'm eight. I'm allowed to make mistakes or something." Yeah, like that. Sorry. yeah, yeah. They're fighting with each other. Whose fault it was? I think. Oh for, yeah, for yeah, yeah, the yeah, car. yeah. Uh, But yeah, this chase is so good. They're the double decker bus. They're going through London. They have the four like undead soldiers like climbing on buildings and jumping after them. It's so uh, fucking delightful. Ashley's happy. They go over a bridge. So. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that when we get to the end here. But uh, I. <laughs> I think it's wild that guns work on these things. Like yeah. they're yeah. the undead. Technically I, they're sand. Not, yeah, they're just sand, like, but the guns work. I don't know. It's just kind of mind. Well, I think it is if you like they can't regenerate. So like they don't yeah. need to any part of them alive, but like if you shoot off their legs and their arms, then at that point they're just kind of like a flopping torso at yeah. you. Yeah. There, there's a throwaway line later about the army of Anubis that it's like the, the you, you if you the yeah, if you cut off the head, then they die. Although this is not the army of Anubis. This, yeah, I mean just, I yeah. I assume it's just a similar principle of just like add zombie rules. Yeah. Or um, the head. Uh, I, I didn't write that just a few like it's it's just a cool action sequence yeah. let's just highlight thing like the legless fight's great one of the mummies at one point has yeah. lost his legs but he's like using the handle of the bus to like you know swing through the jungle down and fight people still and they, at one point they they yet like they yell jonathan like jonathan turn now like and these are like really like quick hard turn and which sends the legless guy flying across the bus yeah. uh, and then looking out his eyes is so much fun yeah, like that. Rick is chasing a shotgun that's sliding back and forth across the ground. Yes. And, then, and then I think if it, I don't know if it's that shotgun or a different one that ends up like on the the hood of the bus. Yeah, and it's Rachel Vice has to yeah has to reach out and get it, and then and she, uh, she saves our death with. moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then <laughs> then the last one uh, is fighting Brendan Fraser, and it's that classic. He see he looks ahead, sees something, and then drops to the floor as we go under this low bridge sign, and this mummy just gets pancaked against yes. this. This tune's bullshit is yeah. so great, and I am here for it. Yeah, because really, yeah, you literally just see like the like figure splattered flat against this wall. It's so with dumb one little leg dangling, <laughs> like it's so gross, <laughs> so dumb oh. in the best way. Like yes. more films need to be this brave. I love it so yes. much. And with that. We're out of danger, and you know what that means. <laughs> they fuck immediately. Fuck. <laughs> well, this is where, okay, so we're on Tower Bridge, right? Um, oh, actually, it's Tower Bridge. It's Tower Bridge again. Yay. Um, but this is contemporary Tower Bridge. This should have been kind of like a brownish, like greenish color in 1933. Um, it got painted a couple of different times. Um, the current paint didn't come on until 1982. So this is so an it's anachronism. Ashley, you, you're coming across real IMV trivia right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's the zone you're looking for, if that's your Q zone, but... Uh... That's that's what you're hitting right now. Mm, um, I will I'll post immediately. <laughs> I have I have the same uh, issue like I did with uh, Dick Tracy with this movie. How do they know how to raise and lower this bridge? They don't. And he's the curator of the British Museum. He has a cult. Like this I is mean, less... the hydraulic bridge. Like the the bridge has been around since the like late 1800s. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think that is pretty standard knowledge also, well, can we balthazar a... the bridge guy he gives yeah can we can we just get a coffee table book that's actually explaining london bridges like, <laughs> I, I really want this now but never london bridge yes never. no that one never. we don't talk about <laughs> also the trivia about the tower bridge as it was closed to allow for filming 
says they were allowed to close it for 20 minutes at a time, but the resulting traffic jam after the first time brought threats of arrest from Scotland Yard, and they reduced the closing time to 10 minutes. Wow. Damn. Wow. Uh, Yeah, but uh, as his parents are, like, fucking in full view of everyone, Alex is kidnapped. Yeah, this (laughs) is, like, come hither finger, like, Really, guys? So yeah, this this is not a tactic this time. Actually, no, this, no, is no, this is Evie wants to fuck. Yeah, this is this is uh, we're thank God we're alive. Sex. This and- is this is uh, time to make Alex a little brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out though that uh, connecting to Dick Tracy, we have the raising bridge, but this time Rick at least makes it to the top and jumps yes, and grabs does. the edge to like look and see the car driving away. Yeah. Also, the the upper body strength on this man is it's impossible to explain because he not only climbs to the top of this bridge and holds himself up but later on he's also holding himself up over a ledge like it's, it's, he, no, yeah if you want a largely absent father rick o'connor would be the perfect man it's true uh so this so this is uh uh imhotep is telling uh his, his love he's like hey like look this is what's gonna happen we're gonna go this kid's gonna lead us to where we need to go and then like he leans forward she enters a flashback and so they're both in their ancient forms uh, and they start Looking making out hardcore. But then it cuts back to the what the rest of the world sees, which is her making out with this fleshless monster. It's so Ugh. gross. It's which, like so the disgusting. texture has to be the same for her. I don't care how many flashbacks you're having. That's right. that's a texture right. issue. Well, and, and like, she's not even got the soul of Anaxuna Moon, so it's like this contemporary woman, like it's just like into this yeah. dude. <laughs> And you know he didn't brush his teeth. Once again, so we don't we we don't, we don't kink shame on the Trash Watch podcast, no. but I want to. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so gross. Uh, so I think, yeah, but, um, at, after the entity plans, we get the hero plans. Uh, so fortunately, uh, Alex had told him what he saw in his first division, which is like, it's like, oh, I, I saw the pyramids and I saw this other uh, ancient site that I know. Because uh, fortunately, this kid, for plot reasons, knows every single, you know, Egyptian antiquity site. Well, because his parents are constantly fucking, so he lives in a museum and he just has to drown out the noise of the fucking by reading books. And now he knows yeah. everything. Also, this seems like a good time, Zenny, just to to make a bold stance. It's going to get me canceled online. I am very anti the term Egyptologist. I sure. don't think you could just put ologist at the end of whatever you want and say you stu- like you're an archaeologist who like focuses on Egypt. You're you know sure. you're you are studying whatever topic you're studying. You can't just be a placeologist like that's nonsense, and I hate it. I'm a movieologist. That has been my weird <laughs> soapbox that I've held for years. I like it. I, no, I agree with you. I think it's there should be a better term for. Also, it. because I feel like I only exclusively hear with Egyptologists is that people yeah. like, oh, Egypt's the most like the only important thing. It gets this whole own area of study. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like there are so many interesting ancient cultures out there to study. Like well, you're not special. They don't call them Mayanologists, right? Yeah. Like. No. So yeah, it's just it, yeah. So that's that's my soapbox. Um, but okay. this kid is a budding Egyptologist. So here's a question for you: If you lost your kid, and you knew that the kid was picked up by the Red Cloak Gang, and you're not really sure where in Egypt to find this kid, wouldn't you just look for I don't know a train that's covered in red cloaked people? Like mm-hmm. they're just on the roof of this train, hundreds of them just chilling with guns, and I'm like. Just look for that. It's but you're forgetting on. the other important part of the mummy formula. 
Okay. Which is in addition oh, to yeah. having a, an, a prologue that introduces the past setup of whatever fantastic person you'll be fighting, mm-hmm. you also need to have an aviator. Every film has some weird old grizzled navy aviator that Rick somehow knows in like hazy details. Every single one of these films has it. And Man, so that is so they need to catch up with him. What are they going to do? He says we need a magic carpet. Smash cut to Cairo. But yep, so here's yeah. here's where uh, I assume this is the cinema sins plot hole that they're covering up here, which is uh, so the the uh, British wet bandits come back. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're starting the villain train because the villains, you know, you're an ancient mummy with mummy powers. What do you do? You take a train. Yeah, and this is the scene where uh, where Anaxuna Moon says, uh, "By the way." You're going to be really, really good, or I'm going to put snakes in your bed. And then she kisses him on the cheek, the kid. And it's like, oh, she's not great at this. This is weird. No, but it awoke <laughs> something in Alex, and he's not going to be able to have a good time without a snake ever again. Mm-hmm. Or at least the threat of a snake. Yeah. 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 Brian, tell us about the wet bandits. <laughs> so, uh, Akamu, the, so, uh, Marta, I'm just going to call her Marta because good call. that's always who she'll be to me. Um, yeah. she leads, she leads them to like, they're like, we we want our cut of the money. And there's like, and she takes him into this next room and's like, you'll get your just reward. And I'm like, never trust anyone who promises your just reward. Like, mm-hmm. that yeah. is never, that never ends well. They go into this room and there's just conspicuously the uh, the chest from the first movie. Oh, and no, they, they brought it. Okay. They brought the chest. Yeah, yeah, that that the, the wet bandits brought. The that's chest. What, basically yeah, because when they left to go to England, she's like, she told the mercenaries like, we have a different job for you, and so this is returning them from the different job. So they have they have broken in and stolen the chest from the first film. Okay, but the, so they open it up and there's the sacred jars that are in the in the chest, and then who should show up but the mummy, and they he starts walking towards them and they all start firing and. Imhotep in this moment when he's getting shot he is he is getting something out of being shot like this oh, yeah, is doing it. something mm-hmm. yeah. well, he can oh, feel. actually I think, I think he can bef- feel again except I think before the mercs go in there I think this is Alex goes in first right yeah Alex talks to he, the mummy first yeah because yeah. he, he says my dad is gonna kick your ass because also first off the mummy's wearing this mask which I think is creepier than his fleshless face oh yeah yeah, Very upsetting, like move like th- it's an eyes wide shut bronze mask. Yep. It's 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 troubling to look at. Yes. But I also don't. And I guess maybe I don't understand how trains work. I because, <laughs> yeah, a big reveal. It is because <laughs> like he's talking to Alex and he says the thing about my dad's going to kick your ass and then like immediately jump cut to those guys coming in after saying like we need more money. And Alex is nowhere to be seen. Well, see, Chris, it unless unless you're Birdemic, you don't need to show people walking in and out of every room. You can jump. You can use cuts to cover time and not show uh, everything happen. Well, I think it's a different car, too, because the perspective is. is it seems different. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love that this is where the kid finds out that like, oh, he's going to die because he's wearing this bracelet. He has five, five days. days. The other like ticking clock moment is like, oh, you didn't yeah. know this part? Also, yeah. So they just don't. It's, huh, it's starting to think I shouldn't have put this random artifact on my arm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the same ticking clock because it is the, the basically the same day that the Scorpion King is going to arise. Like yeah. that morning before the sun rises, he needs to be inside of the pyramid or he'll die. And so uh, the mummy is doing the thing where he absorbs the life force of all these guys. And as I wrote down in all caps, he's about to get his soul sucked. Yep. 
Oh, okay. Did I miss something here? Because to get his powers back, they have to... Uh, they bring in the, the chest, and they open the chest, but, like, the... The previous movie, they had the 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 um things where it had like parts of his body in it. Mm -hmm. But what Th then? What is the, the chest, chest for? That's what's that is what's inside yeah, the chest. That, that, the the sacred jars. The, the chest. The hold on. Before the they chest. Open it. The chest held the jars, and the chest says, "Like whoever opens this, the mummy shall suck your soul to get his life back." Basically. Yeah, but the so, jars are already on the display. I don't know if those are the same jars. Yeah, I think they're different oh, jars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just, it just, there's, my whole also his, like, his, all his servants are in jars. So those might be like servant jars. Good point. Okay. I'm but also, I, it only took three people for him to become like fully human again. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing in the first movie. It's, oh, I thought, I thought he ate like a hundred people. No, it, it is, it is, it is like three or four. It's not that okay. many because okay. it is, yeah. Because basically there's another like mercenary crew that's excavating the same site as them in the oh, first one. Right. Okay, I should have watched the first one before watching this. Again. Except it doesn't matter because all you know is he has his powers back. Yeah. Like, does it matter? Like Brian, yeah. and I technically understand why there are three people in the room, but it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking yeah. matter. Although this him climbing on the ceiling thing is genuinely creepy. It's just the CGI is kind of bad now, but yeah, it is it is. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now we get what else is fun to watch, which is Izzy in the magic carpet. Yeah. <laughs> I love Izzy. Ugh. I love uh, him so much. Sean yeah, we Parks. get it's the perfect thing where we get just like weird teases of the backstory with Rick, where they had the Marquesh bank job, and Izzy got shot in the ass, and he's walking away with a belly dancing girl. Yeah. Oh, but then Wait, okay. Izzy got shot. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he said. He says, "I'm in mourning for my ass." <laughs> They're trying to talk Izzy into flying them because, uh, like, look, we need to flight. And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, look, I'll pay you. And then he sees Jonathan's scepter. And oh, yeah. By the Izzy way, Izzy is so horny for the scepter that he says, if you give me that scepter, you can shave my legs, wax my head and use me as a surfboard. Didn't we already do that? <laughs> oh, boy. I also love that he goes, what do I need money for? What am I going to spend it on? He takes the money and still puts it in his pocket. Oh, it's great. It's a well, great He gets moment. the money yeah. and the scepter. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. well, I mean, it's 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 something rotten. Like, it's going to have a great cost. I brought all the money I have. That's not what I meant, but thanks. Well, thank you. Anyway, also, uh, when he says the eye patch makes him look more dashing, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Eye patches are fucking cool. I mean, it's a good, it's a good look for him. Yeah. I'm kind of glad he loses it, though, because it is distracting. And then Ardith shows up with his best friend, Horace the Falcon. And Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan, in the, Jonathan in the all text moment goes, pet bird. Yeah. <laughs> it's helpful for me, guys. Stop attacking me. This is my pick. But my favorite is when he says Horace is my best and most clever friend. And the Magis that are behind him, there's one in particular that goes like, the fuck? Like, I mean, like he based just on makes the fact face that, like fuck you, based on the fact that Ardith was like alone at the start of the film, I'm guessing all the Magi like are just on their own doing their own thing until yeah. like a mummy appears and then yeah. they all gather. So uh -huh. he probably just hangs out with the hawk alone. Yeah, I get it. I mean, and, it's a, and it's an, a gorgeous bird. I yeah. love it. I'm mm -hmm. here for it. But yeah, although seeing uh -huh. this, I do kind of wish there was like a line or some things like of uh, Ardith being like. Oh, I stopped six different mummies since I last met you. Like, we've been doing our job. You're not yes. the only person that deals with mummies, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I have a life be. outside of you, Rick. 
Why, why do I always have to spend all my time with you and your family? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, the idea is that he, the they're going to gather all of the like all the Medjai, like every single one, a massive army of Medjai, in case they fail and the army of Anubis comes back, mm-hmm. so they can try to fight them, even though it's going to be a tough fight. Uh, but also, we get the reveal of the magic carpet, yes. which is a dirigible. Just straight, yeah. out, oh, straight out of Final Fantasy. Just this. Oh, straight out of Three Musketeers, man. Yeah. Worlds are colliding in this movie. Yeah. So I love that um, the reason why they're taking this balloon Zeppelin thing is because um, airplanes are a thing of the past <laughs> and this is more secretive. And yet, as they take off, there are all these little children that run by and they're like, bye, have fun. It's like, um, it's not so secret. If like, the well, I, think it, I think it's when you arrive, like if, if, if you're like, sit, sit, you know, sleeping at night and this thing flies up on you, it's quite, well, I know, I, I understand what it actually is supposed to be, I, but I just think it's funny. Like, <laughs> I also, I also wrote, Ashley, this, this wizard of Oz hot air balloon ending is a bit much. <laughs> uh, just hard disagree. It is perfect, and you will not impugn this film. Well, and I mean, then I there's also it. an E.T. moment. Like, as they're flying up, they, like, fly in front of the moon, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, and just little kids. And yeah. <laughs> Izzy phone home. <laughs> Jonathan, in true, like, English fashion, steals a precious artifact from a person of color. Because <laughs> yep. he is just stealing back the scepter at every turn, and then it gets stolen back. Uh, it's so good. I mean, you guys, is it Chekhov's scepter? I don't know. Why are we paying so much attention to the scepter? Maybe it's to a be fair, game. they do a better job than Chekhov's scepter because it's like because it's used as a joke consistently with yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, it's not like it was. It, they shoot in the beginning and once more. Like it's kind of a running gag. So yeah. I, I I think it's better than most Chekhov's items. Yeah. All right, uh, okay. So our next uh, scene or sequence is the escape attempt on the train. Yes. Uh, so first off, uh, Alex weaponizing his annoying little kid status to the best is going after the main henchman and just are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet and, he's and then copying everything he does and then lockdown takes this dagger and just jams it right like right at like the, the the right between his fingers like right next to the skin and he's like oh my god like that was perfect like like that was amazing and he goes i missed <laughs> he goes that was perfect aim I missed. Yeah, and then he goes, I have to go to the bathroom. Which, at that point, if that had happened to me, I would have just pissed myself actively. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he takes to the bathroom, and he's like, I don't want you to watch. I don't trust you. So he kicks him out of the room. Oh, and little, little Andy Dufresne just... <laughs> yeah. The shit smeared on the wall. Oh. Like, why did they get a better train? Like, this is for your, like, re-resurrected god Imhotep. Like, why Why you getting the shit well, train? they have to abandon the train on the tracks, literally, in a little bit. So, I guess, you know, don't spend that much if you're just going to leave the train there. Meanwhile, during this escape, we see Imhotep in his full flesh form. As and- does Mila. And the first thing she does is look down at his crotch. <laughs> but that I'm like, what if she doesn't want to make out with him anymore? Like, because they oh, don't like- make out right away. <laughs> and the I'm thr- the thrill is gone. <laughs> yeah. The necrophiliac. Oh, I miss, I miss, I miss your sandy form. Yeah. Like- <laughs> we like don't kink shame here, guys. <laughs> but we want to. Let Mila live. But when yeah, so we're in this bathroom, uh, he finds out that the toilets just flush onto the tracks, which I guess is another question I have for Clayton. Is that how trains work? Do they just like <laughs> dump their shit onto the tracks? So in the 30s, yes, I guess in the third, it is the 30s. I guess yeah. I, I forgot, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, the 30s, they probably would have, like, this is fine. 
yeah, so he realizes that he he moves the toilet. Uh, for a second, I thought he was just gonna fucking jump yeah, out of yeah. the moving train onto the tracks, killing himself. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, there's a brake line in the bathroom that is operational. It's uh, yeah. So he pulls it, and it's it's okay. It's a little confusing. Yeah. Because he pulls his brake line to stop the train. The train stops because he pulled it. He jumps out and runs away. But it turns out they're at the specific location they were going to, and we're going to stop at. So. I have to imagine this this was like a change in the script and they like recut something because it makes no because he should have just been like in the bathroom and they slowed down and he's like, all right, we stopped. I can jump out now like it. But he's running into the temple or whatever the hell this place is. Dodging and weaving. Dodging and weaving. Uh, and then he gets the next hologram showing him where to go next because it's a very coy bracelet. It can't just show you. It's like, um, I don't know. Maybe go here now. My favorite moment, though, in this sequence. So like. Imhotep, uh, you know, like watches the kid run away and run into the temple and like all of the red cloak guys are shooting at him and they're missing and they suck. Um, but he's also like mad at them because, you know, he like he needs this kid to use the bracelet. But um, <laughs> Imhotep, so he he uses his magic and he takes two guys from the the top of the car, the train car, and he like throws them like all the way at the temple and like crushes them against the wall and they die. And then he looks at Anaxuna Moon and goes, Karnak, like welcome to Karnak. We are here. <laughs> this is my introduction to this place. Well, it's Look like sma- my magic. It's smashing a bottle on the side of a ship. He's christening the he's christening he, Karnak yes, with the skulls. Karnak. <laughs> oh man! So now we get uh, the next sequence, uh, as I titled, is the group hallucination scene. Yes. Uh, before the hallucination starts, we get a, a brief sort of tie into uh, Brendan Fraser's destiny, where uh, for some reason Ardeth tells him that. He needs to accept his role as a warrior of God to get the missing piece of his heart. And I'm like, I feel like he has his, like, he's pretty complete as a person. This might have made sense in the first film where he was kind of like a drunk layabout. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, he kind of has everything he wants, except for, like his son's been kidnapped, but he's chasing after him. It's, it's just a weird message. I'm like, I don't, it seems like such little thought was put into Brendan Fraser's tattoo arc. It, it almost feels like it could have been added in pickups. Yeah. Yeah, so now we start the hallucination sequence. So we see uh, uh, Imhotep and Mila are kneeling by this like pool of mystic goop, as I call it. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Evie is like sitting there, staring off into the horizon, and we start this halluc- like this group memory hallucination, time travel, whatever sequence. So, do, do they have this because Imhotep is like? making it happen or is it just like i mean this is this is where they're put, t- putting the soul of uh Anksunamun in mila yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so he's putting the soul that's why i think it's such a specific like fully detailed flashback instead of like the little glimpses we've seen and i believe just because of her connection to it as we'll find out here in a second evie gets to see the same scenes well yeah uh so it starts off and we get as i call it the sexy lady fight <laughs> uh, a, this is uh, the IMDb parents guide oh goody there is a scene in which two women are engaged in a battle and are wearing bustiers and short skirts we can see the side of their butts and cleavage on their breasts <laughs> I mean that is the best place to put your cleavage on your breasts <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, no, I, I gotta say I understand that it is like the most symbolic of the patriarchy to have these two sexy women fighting for this man's pleasure. Yeah. But also it did a little bit awaken things in me. <laughs> I I love the moment though where they take the masks, like they, they pull the masks up because you can tell like they're they're trying really hard to edit the stunt fights and the, the actors uh, fights. However, uh, uh, yeah. no, Brian. 
No, they did not. They they trained for five months for this scene, and they did they did it without any stunt women. Really? What? I think maybe the flips. I don't know. I believe the flip because they're they're about the to be a sequence where they both flip backwards like eight times in a row for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that may be stumpy, but the fight itself, uh, according to the trivia, which if we start doubting IMDb, our whole show falls apart. This yeah. is true. This is true. Uh, I believe because... yeah, they they said they did the whole thing themselves. And I always wow. say that because there's a moment where uh, Rachel Weiss like loses her sword and then picks up an axe from the wall, mm-hmm. and she's like spinning the axe, but from the front it looks really weird because it's too short to do what she's trying to do, and then in the like from the back it looks like somebody else is doing it and it's like super intense and really cool looking and i'm just like oh i thought maybe that was a balance but i, I also am really glad to hear i mean there's enough wiggle room if she's also. not actually fighting at that moment they yeah. might have used a stunt double for like long shots like that but the actual combat they say was yeah. the two actresses and which it's good an awesome on fight it's a great yeah, fight awesome. i love it yeah I also i love that badass it's... lady fight scene mm-hmm. yeah it's it's <laughs> Well, first off, badass and sexy often go hand in hand. This yeah. is true. This is I'm sorry, is Brendan Fraser not a badass during this film? Because he's definitely sexy during this <laughs> film. Definitely sexy. Yeah, because, well, according to trivia, he tore a spinal disc, cracked a rib, Pot. and injured his knees. Dwayne Johnson suffered from food poisoning and sunstroke. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, seven minutes he's in this movie? <laughs> yeah, for his, like, three days on set. All right, um... I ate a bad scorpion and puked and pooped a lot. Yeah, but also just a shout out because they both use size in the, at the beginning of the fight, a weapon that is underutilized, like yep. outside of Raphael, not a lot of film feature. <laughs> uh, okay, but this is when we, we get the big reveal that Eve is Nefertiri, oh the daughter God. of the Pharaoh who is engaged to Anaxun the moon. Um, which funny word? thing, like, of course, the dad is marrying a woman who is the same age as his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, classic, classic, <laughs> and it's only one of the harem, so you know. Yeah, um, and of course, who? Why would there be conflict between these two women if that's the case? I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah. So I once, once, I don't know, probably like ten years ago, we went to Yellow Springs, Ohio, which is like this like really fun hippie commune town, and it's awesome. But there's this, there's this like occult magic-ish shop there and there's a lady that does tarot card readings and she can tell you your past lives and i'm like i'm curious what what famous person was i you know 150 plus years ago or whatever and we walked in and we sat down she goes you're here to find out what your past life is and i'm like wow you're good at this i am and we go through the whole thing and she goes you wanted to be a writer at one point in your life but i see you as a butcher that was it I was Aww. like, oh, you can't give me like a famous I mean, person. I, Chris, I you get you made some good smoked meat when we all got together for our party. Hell yeah. So. Hell yeah. But yeah, maybe don't maybe like, don't get away from this butcher dream. Maybe not. I'm, maybe I should open up a butchery. I haven't done like an official reading, but I'm pretty sure I was on the Titanic. <laughs> I think you were. I mean, honestly, you're willing yourself to and not <laughs> not not to throw any doubt on the 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 past lives reading people in the yeah. world. <laughs> but I feel like they're pretty good at trying to let people know what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I feel like there's a good chance eventually you would hear that sort of thing, Ashley. So what you're saying is when I walked in with a smoked brisket sandwich, she was like, <laughs> yep, I know what this yeah, kid's Chris, were you wearing your bloody apron at the time? <laughs> yeah, I was carrying the cleaver. It was, yeah. you know, it was a good day. It was a fun day. <laughs> uh, uh, but that, yeah, so then we get the, we find out that uh, we get, we get a, a review of the, the past scene uh, where, 
where Imhotep is like secreting away with the the pharaoh's betrothed, and they're like making out, uh, which is what we see in the first movie. But now we find out that apparently Nefertiti was watching from across the courtyard in her balcony. I and do so, like so we get this distant shot too. It was kind of fun. Yeah, so uh, it's nice because we yeah because this once again you get the entire flashback from the last movie basically here. Mm-hmm just from a different point of view. So I'm like, okay, well, you really don't need to see that first movie to get to get the full scope of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they recap all that. Um, Did the Pharaoh dry, die this dramatically in the first film? Did we get yes, that yes. footage of the first film? It's yep. so dramatic. It's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. But again, Emotep is a dramatic bitch. He so. loves drama, Ashley. <laughs> I know. He lives for it. That's I mean, he, clearly the Pharaoh did too, because he's like, ah. No, actually, actually, my favorite part from the first one in this scene is when the Pharaoh walks in and he sees Anoximon's uh like body paint is slightly Anoxin smeared. Moon. <laughs> I can't say it. Marta's Marta's body paint is slightly smeared, and he's like, Who the fuck touched you? And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. she touched herself. Huh. Like maybe I rub I run into yeah. shit all the time. Like <laughs> I will say, it, I will say, it, in my defense with her name, I'm fine with saying Suna Moon, but the problem is Anak is spelled A N C K with no second A. So my brain yeah. always goes like Ankh. I was like, no, it's Anak. And then yeah. when I remember it's Anak, it deletes the second half of the name from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, boss, we lost the file. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Dot exe error. Yeah, it's just very musical. I like it. It is. I, I it do. Is. I love the sound of it when it's and, and like I love how my often people shout, especially uh, Imhotep shouts it constantly. Oh, the the- on the moon. I'm yeah. like, I, it's so good. It's well, such a then- great thing to shout dramatically. And <laughs> later thank we God because get- he loves drama. Later we get them yelling no a lot, but it's me. But who else is <laughs> as dramatic as Evie is just having a memory trip and decides to jump off the fucking balloon. <laughs> Holy shit. Which I'm like, wait, in the past, did Nefertiri throw herself off the balcony when she saw her father die? Like, Or was the balcony bigger than the balloon and she's just running yeah, to the like, edge? I, I was a little confused <laughs> as to that, but uh, there's no spatial awareness her. in this flashback. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and then we oh find God. out about the three sides of the pyramid. Yeah. She reveals what she's experienced. And uh, yeah, yeah, she is the reincarnated princess and he is the warrior of God and their son is the bearer of the bracelet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but also this is what I wrote down because after after um, uh, Mila has gotten the soul back and she's now Nux in the moon again, uh, they like have this moment and they see each other and they're in love again. And I was like, this is a sweet couple who I would root for if it weren't for this weird world domination thing that they're throwing <laughs> on top of their because their whole thing was the Pharaoh was in the way they were in love. They wanted to be together. Yeah, be together. Don't, yeah. don't do this other stuff. Yeah, don't yeah. do thing. Yeah. Well, and like, she, I'm just saying, I'm getting some, like, he seems like that's all he cares about. I'm wondering if this is some Lady Macbeth stuff. Uh, it has to be because there's a moment later where she is just like, you know what? We could just go. We can just go. We don't have to do the thing. And he's like, well, no, that's a reverse Lady Macbeth then. And he goes, I got to do the thing, man. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, well, that's, that's just Macbeth. She Lady Macbeth him, and then he and then he's, he's like, no, I want it. But I want it. I want God, the I world. I, get it. I want the whole world. Uh, okay, so then now we get to the next scene. I call it Alex's plan because they are stopped at their next artifact site, or they're, no, they're still at the same one. Uh, and Alex has asked his nemesis for water. I, I switched from calling him main henchman to Alex's nemesis. Yes. Oh, I. This is where I wrote uh, this dynamic gets an A plus because like it's so funny. It's it, I. I loved it. Yeah, I love that he's like this. This like giant intimidating henchman, Lachna, it, is the like foil 
for the bratty eight-year-old kid. Well, I wrote even here, like, if this movie had been made early 90s, they would have turned this into a, an animated show for kids. They did. And it, yes. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, there's a mummy cartoon show. Holy shit. Because I was going to say, like, the two of them, Alex and then his his nemesis, would have an entire season of just them getting into weird, like, adventures, but still hating each other, you know? Yeah, so uh, do yourself a favor. Look, that there are two seasons, 26 episodes of the Mummy TV series. I am um, adding that right now. <laughs> I'm very excited. They have abandoned the train, apparently, because the next place they're going to need to go. Uh, they, rather, we find, yeah, Alex asked for water from his nemesis, mm-hmm. and we just see him dump it on the ground and start, like, dicking around in the water. We don't know what he's doing yet. Uh, but now the the uh, O'Connells have arrived. They see the train abandoned. No one's there. They apparently just left the train there on the tracks, which is crazy because like it's not like trains fair, have I, multiple tracks. Like if a train comes through, they're going to be like, guys, the fuck are we supposed to do here with this train? Chris, I think you're risking accusing Imhotep of being inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> leave the train. Just leave it. It's like, sir, I'm fine with taking over the world, but if we don't respect transit laws. Listen, the trains <laughs> always ran on time in Egypt until Emotep showed up. I don't uh, want problem. to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they run into whatever historical site this is. I didn't write down any of them because they go to like eight in a montage here in a yeah. second. Uh, and they find Alex's tie. And then when they go investigate the tie, they see that he has made this like very detailed sand sculpture. I wrote, thank God Alex is good at hiding sand castles and making sand castles. Yeah, thank God he's, he also has a photographic memory of knowing perfect. Like, it's one thing to like be really interested and like know the names of all these sites, but to be able to do a such detailed, good sand castle of the overhead view of a city that yeah. they can see it and immediately know where it is is, is wild. And perfect. And this film is great. Uh, yeah. So then we get a montage, baby, as I wrote down. It's a fun montage because you get a lot of Horace flying, which I'm I'm here for. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a lot of them running up, finding articles of clothing, finding a new little sculpture or something written in the sand. Yeah, which, thank like, God they figured out quickly because that kid's running out of articles of clothing pretty quickly. Well, they didn't figure it out quickly. Like they led them all the way to the end. And like True. that's when they discovered that he was making like, quote unquote, leaving bread breadcrumbs. I'm like, you didn't notice every time you like came to get him that he had uh, lost another piece of clothing. And also it was like surreptitiously like on the floor, like Wait, <laughs> when actually, he'd ask I for thought water. Children like, just loose clothes yeah. all the time, yeah. right? I mean, his, I mean to be fair, true, it's, but... it's his nemesis who probably had to fetch him and he hates him so much that he wasn't going to like, because Alex would just say like, it's hot. I don't want to wear this stupid jacket anymore. Like, yeah, I, I could wrote, see like, we don't this need guy's that really not the villain. Alex is just a piece of shit to him the whole time. Like, yeah, <sighs> Uh, also, the whole time, uh, 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 Ardith is sending off his best friend to go tell the other Magi where they are. Uh, and then we get the reveal of, holy shit, the giant size of this army. We get a reveal of the Magi army that's following them, and it is tens of thousands of people. It's wild. I'm like, where were you guys the first time Imhotep got out? Because there were like 30 <laughs> dudes fighting. Well, that you see, that was the recruiting event, and that's how they, they got everybody to... I guess that's uh, true. Like, hey, yeah, do you want to join, join the mummy fighting army? Like, yeah, mummies are real. Let's join. Well, yeah. you see, what happened was they started a a boy band for the Magis, and they did a uh, the, the Simpsons thing where it's uh, join the Navy, but it's join the Magis in reverse. Yeah. 
I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. Let's reference more deep season Simpsons. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone loves those references. On this show, we're going to reference I Think You Should Leave and nothing else. (laughs) But instead, we're going to reference Avatar, The Last Airbender, because we find out Emotep is a waterbender. Yes. Because in the studio notes of do all the stuff from the first movie, they're like, okay, first one, it was a big hit. We had the giant sand face. Let's do another element giant face. So Holy they, shit, yeah. he might be the avatar because now he's bending water and he burns earth. Yeah. He's bald. Oh they, shit. They summon up uh, yeah, so he so they're like in this canyon over the the I believe they call it the Blue Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he so he summons up this giant wall of water with his screaming face in it and chases after their dirigible. Now has rockets. Yeah, I said hit the Nas. It's fucking fast and furious all of a sudden because he's like, is he's like, I got this, and just jams a button and rocket boosters go off. We missed a note earlier that I I want to make sure we mentioned. So I always do talk to text on my phone when we're doing this, and mm-hmm. yesterday on my iPad it kept picking up the the actual dialogue in the movie, and for whatever reason my phone kept hearing Anubis as anal beads. And so, like, there's just a lot of anal notes in my notes here. And I just I wanted to make sure I brought that up because it made me laugh. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so that, that's why this. that's why Mila wants to raise the army. <laughs> the anal beats, <laughs> the anal bead bracelet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're being chased by this this wall with a face of water. I did. I, I did like the effect, though, after the fact, when all of a sudden there's no water left in the valley with them. I thought that was that was kind of an interesting, like, detail to put back into the movie. Like, I, I, I enjoyed that part of it. So Rachel Weiss gets her dream and she's found the oasis. So, like, she's immediately horny. Uh, but <laughs> we don't see that. We don't see that one, but we know it. We know it deep down. Um, But unfortunately, then we get my sad note because uh, Horace gets sent back up for one last delivery. One one last big score. He doesn't make it. I wrote, ain't nothing gonna bad gonna happen to Horace today. Oops. And also, Ardith knows. Yeah. He he turns and they have a dramatic zoom pan on a zoom dolly on him. And he's like, no. So now we, yeah, so they, they crashed. Uh, he wants to go after the bird or wants to go warn the army and tell them where they're at, but he decides to stay and help Rick get his son. He makes uh, the right choice here. Oh, uh, yeah. So then we get the jungle at night. Ooh, yes. spooky. Uh, and I uh, love that. Like, now they're like, oh, yeah, we found the oasis. We don't need the kid anymore. And everybody's like, ooh, we could kill Alex. Can we kill Alex now? Please let us kill Alex. Yeah, go uh, for it. First, guys. we get a tour of corpses through history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, look, well, first of all, two, because they're too lazy to do anything else. They're like, hey, look, it's a Roman soldier. Oh, it's Napoleon's forces. Done. Yeah, because there there was a reference earlier in the movie about like how they had these other forces had been sent like to the Oasis, but none of them ever returned. But then we get to check in with our heroes, though, before we before we get the Alex death approval. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, so they're they're up on a ridge. Uh, Jonathan finds some shrunken heads. Which he's very fascinated by. Like, once again, doesn't feel that much peril for his nephew, some reason. But then also, this is where Jonathan promises Ardeth that he has some gun skills. He said he was like a sharpshooting, like, he was like a, 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 yeah, like a fox hunting champion or something back in the day. So uh, now we step into the year 1997 because it's the Lost World Jurassic Park. 
uh-huh. and it's the raptors in the grass. <laughs> God about these little bastards. And then when this they is came the f- in, I, I was so excited. This is the first part of the movie I ever saw. These little bastards are so fucking funny. They're like violent lemmings, and I love them so much. Like, I want 20 more minutes of this movie of just them killing people. My favorite moment is when they trick some of these guys into going into the bog and like they start to sink and like the little mummies are all just like bouncing on their heads and like one of them like bounces extra hard to like make the last one plop down it's like what (laughs) why do we have like the 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 groundhog game from the arcade like yeah and i was like john mulaney tried to warn us quicksand's gonna be a big problem Quicksand is a big problem in our life (laughs) do we know Uh, who voiced these these little bastards no no, I I I was I was trying to find out if it was Frank Welker because it seems like a Welkerism, uh, but I can't. But no, can't like it's a it. yeah, it's a, it's a cool action sequence. As I said just some highlights, uh, some plot things that happen. Uh, first off, Evie's a sharpshooter. We get we get her and Jonathan saving people several times. Jonathan specifically at one point saves Ardeth, and Ardeth has a moment of like, "I respect you now. We are we are together." Yeah. And meanwhile, like- Lochna is a man on a mission because he's like, "Oh, we get to kill the kid," and he doesn't care anything that's happening around him it's he so is good. just headed straight to kill this kid yeah rick rick it. like like he is swinging his axe down and rick like runs by and grabs him just as like the axe falls where alex's head would have been and he does that slow-mo jump where we see him like earlier when he saves evie and throws alex over his shoulder and runs away with him and i'm like this is, I, I fucking love adventure movies and then They're best bro so in the world art that jumps in and fights alex's nemesis for nemesis for them yep <sighs> God and uh, yeah, so that, sword. Oh, yeah, that so is his sexy. big fight. Uh, and then we get the great moment of they're they're like all scattering, and the the curator turns around to two henchmen. And he's like, "You must sacrifice yourselves for me." <laughs> I love when when they when they escape and they cross the uh, the 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 tree bridge, and then Rick lights a, a stick of dynamite and throws it, and one of these little bastards catches it and is like, "Ooh." I got it. And it explodes. And it, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's just like a violent game of lemmings because they all just like follow and fall down this this gorge. But then one turns so into great. Major Kong from Dr. Strange yes. and like rides the log down. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, but w- before before the dynamite bridge, though, we do get Jonathan is running with like one of the cult <laughs> henchmen and he comes across this burial ground. He's like, oh, it's a burial ground. It's sacred. They can't cross here. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, of course, I'm sure. And then one of the little mummies jumps out and just like rips the friggin' henchman's face off. He spears him. He's this, because this is another this is another Monty Python moment. He jumps yeah. at Jonathan and Jonathan like jumps out of the way so he gets the other guy instead. Oh, and, and then he it screams at Jonathan and Jonathan like yells back and then it gets scared. It made yeah. me it reminded me of a time uh, a couple years back. Um, I was like in the kitchen and this is at one point we had my sister's cat and. Like I was, I was doing something on the counter and like, I turned around and I accidentally step on her and just, she, you know, she goes, ah, and, and then in response, like, I was, so I was like, I turned and then it's like, ah, ah, I screamed back. And then she ran up and like, I felt really bad. Cause I'm like, from her perspective, I just step on her and then yell at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's how yeah. it happened yeah. for her. Well, that's, and, and Jonathan. So like the, the thing, I, I think it just run, does it just run off either yeah. way? Like yeah. it's. It, it's no longer a threat and like Jonathan turns to this 
um, <laughs> this bad guy and who is still alive, even though there's a spear sticking out of his chest, he's still standing upright and everything, yeah. which is why it's so Monty Python. He's like, sorry, my mistake. And the guy just looks at him like, what? And then Jonathan <laughs> runs away. <laughs> it's so great because it's so like apologetic British, like, oh, I'm oh, so yeah. sorry. Oh, oh, terribly bad. sorry about that. Oh, oh, seemed to have a bit of a spear fun. situation. Yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, pull pip, that pip, out. It would be pip, old chap. Me, me, and then there's a there is a there is a quick little bit as well where Emotep basically scares them away like when he turns and like holds up his hand to them they're like uh oh we can't mess with this guy oh yeah we find out yeah. that he has power for all mummies even the little mummies and they're like all right fine mummy mummy code we're not allowed to attack him so then we we're all they're all together they find and this is where uh, uh, Evie and Rick find out about the other ticking clock because Alex tells them like no he told me first off how do like I would just assume that he was lying to me. Yeah. Like because the, the whole reason that the mummy told him about the like need to be inside the pyramid is so he wouldn't lie and would actually lead them to the pyramid. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's like he told me that like I need to be inside the pyramid before the sun comes up. So now they all know and that's the race the pyramid. And so I wrote down it's some day after tomorrow bullshit where you're yeah. racing against a straight line outrunning <laughs> the sun. Yes. The fastest sun on earth, by the way. Like <laughs> it doesn't go that quickly. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Yeah, but, but they yes. obviously they make it. They cross the threshold just in time. The the uh, bracelet falls off, and you're like, okay, cool. Alex is safe now, and, and which is good, do? right? Life is going to well, be fine the, from now. The on. bracelet has come off his wrist, yeah. and this is like an ancient, powerful artifact that allows someone to command the army of Anubis. So, what yeah. what should you do with this bracelet now? It's off your son. Yeah, just uh, leave it. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, you don't just leave it. You toss it like 20 feet away from you into a location you cannot see. And then, because the movie isn't over yet, someone has to get stabbed. Someone There's has still to like die. Still like 40 minutes left yeah. or something ridiculous. We need, <laughs> we need something to happen here to kind of drive the, the, the motion forward and add a little bit of emotionality to it. And who's somebody that we've all fallen in love with over two movies and we would never want to see her get hurt ever? Brendan Fraser. Oh, Jonathan. God. <laughs> yes. No. Evie. Poor Every Evie. Every character. Evie gets fucking shanked by marta like yeah it's bad it's bad just and like a casual fair. like walk walk yeah. by stabbing like mm -hmm. oh oops well, here we are and this is where she's we like get... this is for watching me get killed yeah <laughs> yes and brendan yeah, fraser breaking my damn heart holy shit this is uh. this again like we, i mentioned at the top of the episode but like this is how you're he reminds us constantly how great of an actor he is because he's been goofy and fun and jovial this whole time. And now we have this really serious moment. And on a dime, he just goes into emotion and it's not over the top. It's believable. He's crying over her body and he's like, OK, you're gone. And I'm he's also worried you. about his son. He said, like, get, don't yep. let don't let Alex hear this. Get him away. Mom's going to be fine. He's like, what do, and he's like, what do I do, Evie? What do I do? Yeah, yeah, and it's fucking, uh, it's heartbreaking. I'm like, so oh my good. god, my heart. I couldn't handle it. I had to actually stop for a few minutes. I'm like, I'm getting really oh. emotional over this. And I'm like, I gotta walk away mm -hmm. and just take a moment. <laughs> and it's just, oh. I do love that when Emotep and her walk into the uh, the pyramid, you find out that he has lost his powers. And I'm like, so we did all this setup for yeah. nothing. <laughs> Yeah, has to fight the Scorpion King as a mortal, which has like, like real like Black Panther ritual combat vibes. But it's also bullshit because the Scorpion King has powers. Well, that's where you have to earn the 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 
Army of Anubis. Speaking oh, of true. the Army of Anubis, the you curator can summon has... it before you kill the Scorpion King. Yeah, the yes. the the uh, the curator has picked up the bracelet, put it on his arm, and he jammed his arm into the mysterious Scorpion hole in the wall, like you do. He puts the bracelet on, but wouldn't he be killed as soon as the Scorpion King came out? Because wasn't that the whole point of like you had to have the bracelet off? No, you just need to be in the temple. By but yeah, that you have time. to yeah. be in the temple, and he's already there. Yeah, but he does ever lose his goddamn hand because and of whatever it looks like so bad acid scorpion whatever is inside of that hole. But also, it summons the army. Uh, yes. So I also uh, I describe this thing as like the transformer scorpion because it's this like metallic kind of thing and it looks like it's going to just like it does look like uh, uh, Beast Wars the Scorpionox. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Museum curator, push the cube into my chest. <laughs> yeah. I uh I I I'd say that like for for the CGI that didn't age well, I do really like the look of Anubis's army. I love sword and sandal movies anyway, so like getting a a desert battle of this caliber of this size, like it's really it's just a fun experience and it's cool to see all the magi show up and just kick ass. And I and I'm here for it. And this this is yeah. also probably our last like big battle in a movie before Lord of the Rings, like just completely yeah. redefined. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, yeah, so but we get uh, Rick with murder in his heart, like yeah. going into this temple. Great shot of like this strobe light effect. Oh, oh it's, it's so, so hot. <laughs> it's, it's so hot. It's <laughs> like. Hot. Yeah, different angles of Brendan Fraser's face and just like, and like him, his, like his all jaw is locked. Face. He is oh his eyes God. are full of murder. It's yep. amazing. Yeah. Like if you had told me that like he runs out of ammo or whatever and just has to like rip somebody's throat out like uh, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. I'm like, yeah, he looks like he is ready to just kill anyone that stands in his path. I actually do I you also find it hot that Imhotep is standing there banging a gong. <laughs> In his underpants. Does that do it for you? Gong banging? No. I mean, it's, it, it, it's suggestive of banging. No. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: the the guy who plays Imhotep. I mean, he is yeah, Arnold Vosloo. He is he's a sexy oh, dude in his own right. Man. Very. That's I said. The whole so. cast can get it. Yeah. But like compared to you know Oded or Brendan, like sorry, bud, you're you're the bottom of the list here in this movie for me. Like, yeah. Oh, um, shit. Also, he is in the G.I. Joe duology that I mentioned I should have maybe done this month. Oh, no. He plays Zartan in both Rise of Cobra and Retaliation. Oh, no. I do need to see those, though. So this chamber that like, has, first of all, has Final Boss Arena written all over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Emotep is ringing the alarm clock. Uh, but he doesn't come out yet because what we have... Uh, we have a great moment, which I, I love that the film does here, because we had this big dramatic moment where a character died. Mm-hmm. But the character's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm in a movie with mummies and shit. Let's get this book that brings people back from the dead and bring my mom back from the dead. I, I It's it's so weird that that seemed like such a novel idea that I love that the film does it. Like, yeah, let's just use this thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, him, Jonathan and Alex like sneak in and they they approach uh, Anax and Anun <laughs> and um, they are... Uh, they like steal the book. They distract her. Yeah. So Alex and steal the book of the dead. And Jonathan gets in a fight with this woman. And I just wrote, I wonder if they had a conversation about how many times Jonathan has to get hit before he's allowed to punch this woman in this movie. Well, because fun he fact, gets hit a whole bunch. I, I watched the blooper reel on the DVD and he got actually like hit in the eye once during one of the bloops. <laughs> Where she was like, oh, God, did I get you. He's like, yeah, he did. 
That's hilarious. I love um, that. Yeah, so now basically we have this moment where uh, Alex is reading the book to bring his mom back to life, and we cut back and forth between the three fights. So we have uh, Rick and Imhotep fighting. Uh, we have Jonathan fighting with Anox mm-hmm. and the Moon, and then we have the armies fighting in the desert. Uh, and, and the so army of a, the great army of Anubis is getting its ass kicked. It yes, is. is, yeah. They're just getting like head chopped off left and right, turned into sand. Uh, yeah, so just kind of cutting back and forth. Lots of cool action between those fights. Um, I while... did really love the black sand effect. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, like, it looks great. Uh, I do have a question. The one thing I noted from the fight uh, with Imhotep is like, okay, Imhotep lost his powers, but at one point, John uh, Rick is like on all fours. Mm-hmm. And Imhotep kicks him like eight feet into the air, like kicks yeah. him in the chest so hard that Rick flies up higher than Imhotep's head. And I'm like, that's you without powers. Also, Rick's chest just caved in. Yeah, it, it's almost like, is this residual energy that's he's still like holding? I Because even when he crosses into the uh, the the uh, God damn it, in, uh, the pyramid, he can still move objects with his mind and his like a little bit distance, they like a shake. little bit but yeah. it's like i don't know, i i i yeah i agree it's a little nitpicky but i'm also like yeah it's weird it's it's uh-huh. a weird thing that they do that there uh, but um, we get an update to the fights because two important things happen yes uh well first off after a callback to the first movie where jonathan is yelling out the symbol that alex needs to read yep. uh evie is back to life and has stepped in and it's like okay now it's a fair fight let's let's re let's rehash this now it's now we got the lady fight back it's so and good. and then the imitep fight gets interrupted by a thing <laughs> that comes out of the wall i, I let's not believe this this has been dissected a billion times but yeah, but we're gonna do it anyway it was rushed like no like it was early days of cgi people are hard to do Skin it was tones. like eight days like they finished it eight days before open it before it was released yeah extremely like, rushed, this is but... this is the like i i i need to see the the uh scorpion king butthole cut <laughs> yeah the it, it, it's so it's so ugly this I giant under- half scorpion half rock monster i understand like by rock, why I mean the they rock, wanted it. rock yeah i understand like why they wanted it and what they why they wanted it to look this way but wouldn't it have been better if the fucking if the rock just the rock just walks out in his big muscular glory and is like, let's fight bitches. Like, like I think that's, that's better. Like that is my, th- like I understand you want it to be bigger for the sequel. Like, okay, instead of fighting like a human shaped thing, sure. let's fight a giant monster. But I'm like, if you have all three of them, I think that is the escalation. I think Imhotep's there, Rick's there, and Scorpion King's there. Whoever wins this fight gets control of the army of the dead. Like, mm-hmm. I think you could have made a perfect, and then you would have saved yourself the embarrassment of this giant monster and the expense, because even though it looks bad, I'm sure it was expensive as hell to make. Yeah, it had to be. But then we find out as soon as the Scorpion King rolls up, Anubis is a punk bitch and just like immediately bows down like, I'm your servant. This is uh, Emotep like pulling a like wabbit season thing because he's like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm your servant. He's the guy who wants to kill you. The poor curator runs in and immediately regrets his decision. (laughs) <laughs> he is quartered. The man is, is quartered by this uh, scorpion monster. Yep. Evie gets it. a sweet headbutt. That's that she learned from her husband. Yes. Yeah, they're having this fight. She's like, ah, you haven't learned anything. You're like, oh, just like the old days. And then she headbutts her, and it's like, that's new. Yeah. Rick discovers on the wall. This is this is where the tattoo comes in because he's like thrown against a wall, and he looks down. He's like, hey, this 
this like giant picture on the wall, this mosaic has my tattoo. And then it's just like a series of of friggin' instructions from Ikea yes. to unfold this spear. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I literally said this is the Ikea version of how to kill the scorpion. <laughs> it's so it's so complicated. It's like take the staff, twist, mm-hmm. extend this sex. Like it's yeah. The only thing it's missing is like you need two people to do it. <laughs> the great temple oasis of Ikea. <laughs> I like that this is like an in case of emergency. He mm-hmm. used the spear kind of like thing because I mean, this is the Scorpion King's temple, but like the instructions and how to kill him are in his own temple. Like who, who did that? <laughs> it's like, so, Oh, I hope you brought this, uh, this, you know, staff of, of Anubis that no one mentioned until like, in case, yeah. of, in case of emergency yes. stabs King. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we cut back briefly. Like they defeated the army of Anubis or so they think. And then they like look over the hill and it's just like, they beat the warm up act. And now the headliner is here. And they have, they have the moment where he's running down the line. It's a, there will come a day when the world of men will fail. Like it's yep. great. I love, I love that. It's not a giant speech and it's just him yelling till death. Yeah. Like, I think that's fucking fantastic. Ardith is like, we're the Magi. We know what the fuck we're doing. Let's yep. do this thing. And just till death and everyone starts running at this this uh, fucking impossibly big army of yeah. monsters. But then they figure out the spear uh, mm-hmm. and they 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 chuck it and a lot of spear grabs because we get back to back people grabbing spears out of midair. But Rick has shown not once, but twice that he's good. If you throw shit at him, he'll grab it and throw it again. Oh, yeah. It's an established skill. It is yeah. great. That That's what never throw things at Rick. <laughs> uh, but yes, because first Jonathan's trying to throw the spear to Rick and Imhotep grabs it. Then Imhotep throws it at the Scorpion King and Rick grabs it. Then, uh, yeah, then as Rick is being pushed like off a cliff into what I called like the spawn pits from the like 90 <laughs> fil- spawn film, just like. I don't know if they're souls or corpses or what they are, just like tortured beings. Souls, I think, yeah. Uh, like into these fiery pits of hell. Uh, he stabs the Scorpion King in the chest. And which this fortunately, is the funniest shot in the entire movie. Yeah, which first off, fortunately, the spear sticks enough that Rick can support his weight, like holding himself yeah. on the spear while still, yeah. otherwise he'd be dead. Yes. Uh, and so, then, yeah, Brian, you have it up as your background. Do you want to walk us through this one? So <laughs> the composition of this shot. So dead center of the frame and and this is on especially this screenshot it's very like a renaissance painting um so in the top half of the frame you have the scorpion king held aloft by this spear below him you have brendan fraser on his back ha- hanging precipitously over the the uh pit of souls and the and it takes up most of the frame is these two things that is your focus and then in the background on the left uh imhotep just runs in and just like drops her d's and and like with all the like with all the 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 despair of like breaking a precious Ming vase, there's like no. It, not since not since Left Behind's. Oh God, have I seen somebody <laughs> drop to their knees in the most comical way? Yeah, it, like sliding into frame. Like it'd be what they if they wanted to do that, they should have just had him in frame mm-hmm. when this happened. But instead, but we like, get an Avatar: The Last Airbender, Katara pushing that random guy. Yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> if you honestly, you just need to cut to a different shot of Imhotep, like just close on him. It's like, but the problem, yeah, it's like it's simply because of the way this shot is laid out and the fact that yeah. he just like 
runs into frame like like he he forgot his entrance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, oh, ah! I mean, I, we've all been you know running a little late for an entrance to a to a show, and then you mm-hmm. just you run on and try to make up for the the awkward timing change. <laughs> yep. And so then, like this CGI. First off, we've already talked how bad it is, but there's a snarl on the Scorpion King's face that's just like, like it's so it's so bad looking. It doesn't even look like a human face. Chris, you sleep for three thousand years and then wake up and get stabbed and see how you feel. Uh, Good point. Good point. yeah, so so uh, Scorpion King is is dying, and then because of circumstances, both Imhotep and Rick are like hanging over this spawn pit, uh, and this is where we find out that Evie good, Anuxa and the Moon bad. Yeah, because yeah. Rick Rick is yelling to Evie like, "Don't you know? Just go. Don't don't worry about me." And she's like, "No, I am worried about you." And she runs to get him, and she's Imhotep- dodging like spikes falling from the ceiling every step of the way. Mm. And Imhotep is like. Anaxuman, like, save me, save me. And she's like, yeah, no, thanks. She's like, ooh, that that looks, that looks scary. It's like, you're not really like fleshless anymore. That's what I was into. I was into like that kind of vibe. Yeah, she she just bails on him. I didn't realize you were bald, like in, in, in your skin version. I thought that was just because you're a mummy and uh, I don't mess with bald boys. And so he's he's just like, well, like literally the past two movies have been specifically for this person. And yeah. at like the first sign of trouble, she just, ru- she just leaves me. And so I'm like, well, I may as well like rotten hell mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. That's a deal breaker. There's a moment too, where Emotep's hanging on the edge, but like, I don't know if this was just like bad acting or they pulled a really bad cut of this. Like, Vaslu is just chilling. Like he doesn't even look like he's struggling to hold himself up. He's just like, "Come on, come get yeah, me." He's, he, yeah, he's like, come, "Come on, come into the, come on, get jump in the pool. The water's fine." Look, look, she's doing it for him. Come on, open my door for me. And then he just like gives up and just he just lets go and falls back into this pit of souls. And it's bananas. Looking I did how feel he bad falls. for him though, because like, too. yeah, like because he spent his whole. Is, it's you know, other than the whole her. like taking over the world thing, like you know, that was his whole. He was in love. Yeah, like that. That was at the core of his entire mission. Was yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, but don't worry, because she gets the world's fastest karma. Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> she like runs into the next room and immediately falls into a pit of scorpions. Yeah, there's just like a moat of so scorpions. It's just, oh, I'm so and she's happy. like whoopsie doodle and trips in. Yeah, because yeah, well, because now like, the temple is is collapsing starving. in on itself, and so she's she like she gets to the edge, and it's like in a video game where it's like they they give you that buffer to be like whoop 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 whoop, and then the temple shakes and she falls in and just gets buried by scorpions. I mean, this is the video game because I call this the escape sequence. This is mm-hmm. the end of Super Metroid. It's also the end of Jumanji in a minute here. I, yeah, I wrote down oh, it's the fucking it's, Jumanji oasis as everything gets sucked hey. back into the it's game. It's also board. the ending of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull too. Like, oh god yeah almost exactly <laughs> oh watch it so, the end of the, so crystal skull ripped off the mummy returns they did 100 yeah. percent. yeah uh so yeah so the the jungle is being like like jumanji style sucked into the pyramid and they're like what can we do like just climb to the top of the pyramid that's the safest place right now and then deus ex balloon i, I wrote down deus ex izzy <laughs> But then more importantly, Jonathan is like hanging off the side and then he sees what was teased earlier, the giant diamond that was on top of this pyramid. And he's like, Mm -hmm. don't pull me up. Don't pull me up. 
Rick. It's not worth your life for. He's like, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it okay. is. <laughs> and I wrote, and I quote, to be frank, Jonathan's life is pretty worthless at this point. That diamond is definitely worth more than he is. Yeah. But what so if please. he dropped it? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Wouldn't that be so funny? But he drops it because only like a piece of the gold like falls off of it. And he goes, at least I still have this. And Izzy goes, nope. And then Izzy takes it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was like that if if he dropped it, they would just throw him off. Like at that point, you're like, yeah. we went through all this work for you to grab it. And then you you had butterfingers. So, yeah. I, uh, so, so but once again, everyone back on the ship, uh, immediately Rick and Evie start having active sex mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of their kid. Yeah, like, and everyone just like, like rolls game. their eyes, like, "Well, they're about they're gonna this is gonna be a couple hours. They're gonna go. Out, they, mm-hmm. This was a big one. They fought a mummy. That's their thing." Yep, I'm getting a baby sister out of this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then uh, we, as we go to the credits, just arguing with uh, Izzy says he gets half of the value of the diamond, and that's that's what takes us out of the movie. It's just them arguing about money. I wrote that uh, uh, Evie and Rick get bonus points for fixing a problem that they started. Like, <laughs> uh, I also wrote Ardeth gets a new best friend with his black horse. Yep, that's his new best friend. Forget the rest of the thousands. You of are my new Horace. A you horse. Are the new best friend, horse, Horace. <laughs> Horses. Brandon, this movie is goddamn delightful. I know it is. <laughs> I love it. I love this. Yeah, and so I, I need, I need to, I need to raise you guys up so I can spike you back down next oh, week. Man, <laughs> that's what the summer of sequels is all about. Yeah, I, I think agree. this is a pretty unequivocal every man's treasure. Every man's treasure. 100%. I don't know who wouldn't enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who wouldn't enjoy this. There's there's hyper attractive people doing really fun, wild things. That's yep. funny and, and dramatic at times. It's just great. Well, it hang might on. be a little long. It's a little long. Yeah, it, it is, is a, a hair long. on the long side. I will say, Brandon, there is at least one person who does not enjoy this movie. <gasps> Remember. I do not like children using bad language in a movie. Ah. Okay, so it's all but one man's treasure. Yes, yes. Everyone who counts, it's their treasure. I'll save one man's treasure. Uh, Yeah, I, 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 I could see, like, the run, like, the time it takes me to sit down and watch this whole film is, I think, longer than it needs to be. But because it's just kind of, like, set piece to set piece, I'm never seeing there, like, Oh, this is happening! Like, because it's just something new and fun is happening at all times. Well, and it's a great, it's a great dad movie. Like, if you want to just hang out with your, with your, your, your father, or father-in-law, or uncle, and you or, don't or, like or, World War II. Yeah, then this is a great throw. Like, just throw this on TV and sit back and just enjoy it for a couple hours. It's yeah, I'm I'm for it. Um, it has a huge following on Amazon.com um, as it should. As it should. It's like 80% five-star rating. So like, finding just a five-star rating of for this one is really easy. Just yeah. loves this movie. So uh, let's let's do the, the trash to treasure, shall we? Uh, this week, I was introduced to uh, a person by the name of Seda. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's S-A-I-D-A. Uh, gave it five stars. Said, just amazing. Just like The Mummy, the movie is really great, and I love watching it, and the first two movies every single year. And I get that. Like, like I, I have movies that I watch every year, and it's, this may end up on the list after, after this for me. Um, I only pulled one other review, though, because it was just odd. Um, she gave a five-star review to a snowboard wall mount. Okay. 
says small and easy to install five stars and then goes into this. I really like how quick and easy it is to install the racks to the wall. It held our bedroom swing, roughly 142 inches, perfectly. <laughs> I'm happy with this product. We'll recommend it to anyone. Make sure, however, you use a stud in the wall so you don't break the wall. Five oh, there's a, there's a stud, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you don't... You, you, <laughs> <laughs> Again, happy for you. Glad it worked for your purposes. You could have you could have left out several of those details. All of them. All of them. You don't have to tell us these things. Why didn't the swing come with its own? Yeah, it should care. come with its own support, right? Well, okay. So I ha- I had a I have a theory. I did think. she break the support? No, I think Chris. I thought probably, you were going to say I have a swing. They like, probably they probably bought it like second hand and the person didn't give them the hook Ew. up by a second hand sex Ew. swing oh there's bed bugs in my sex swing <laughs> <laughs> my sequel to second hand lion second hand sex swing <laughs> oh my god yeah that's the only thing i was able to pull this week uh with with the show and everything else happening i'm like i don't have oh time boy to go i mean no well enough once again like this is a personal plea for everyone reviewing things on amazon stop at after you t- you could tell us about the product and how it performs mm-hmm. don't give mm-hmm. us any unneeded additional detail beyond that it's please i beg you I it's beg really you. not necessary <laughs> also but, go to therapy everyone that's a command for everyone yes, in the universe yes. <laughs> except for me i'm fine i have no problems with this none none whatsoever well we'll find out if you have any problems next week with oh we all have a problem because we have to watch tomb of the dragon emperor i'm legitimately nervous for because it's the only one in the series i have not watched i told you it's it's like i think like 40 percent of it is just a bad movie that's no fun to watch but yeah. the other 60 percent is like switches between like actual good fun action set pieces and then gonzo nonsense that we need to talk about. Yes. 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 Oh boy. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you have a movie you'd like us to review or talk about, you can drop that in our email. That's trashwatchpodcast at gmail.com. And also we have some exciting news. Uh, we were nominated this week for the best comedy podcast and best uh, podcast for the year for the Columbus Podcast Awards, and there is a link in our Instagram that you can go to and vote for us. We really appreciate that. Anything you can do would help for us there. And Brian, what are our social media links? Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Trash Watch Podcast, and we are on Twitter at Trash Watch Cast. All right. So until next week for the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, this has been Trash Watch, and I'm Chris. I'm Brian. I'm Brandon. And I'm Ashley. No, you're a Noxanumanaga. No! <laughs> no! Nah! Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, Let's Jesus cut all this Christ. out. It's too sad. But keep that. Use that for a tag. <laughs>